855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live's live Tuesday night edition. It's Mark with you. Do it again, Derek. And Derek J. Sorry. <laughs> Pushing the wrong buttons here. Our normal first uh, host, first chair host is uh, out, I don't know, petitioning the government for some kind of redress of some sort or another. And it's you're stuck with, with me and, and Derek. Lucky you. <laughs> we should always be so lucky. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to throw all the rules out of the window here. Derek, what do we need to do? deal with that stuff but but you should go to freetalklive.com check out the website there you can call in talk about whatever you want and on the website you can up link to whatever you want whether it's news uh, stories blog posts videos that kind of thing people will vote them up vote them down you can do the same there uh the the number here to get a hold of us is 855-450 free call in talk about whatever you want to talk about but here's an interesting story and i think that it speaks to just how crazy the public school system is getting. Just another bizarre encounter with public school officials. And I don't know whether whether public schools, whether teachers used to deal with things better or not. But, you know, in this age of the Internet, when you get news stories from all over in a blink of an eye, we find out a lot more stuff. No, teachers are getting worse. There's even a movie called Bad Teacher. So okay. this, this is what's happening. I'll I'll take your word for it. This is from thesmokinggun.com. A sheriff's deputy was dispatched last week to a Florida elementary school after a girl kissed a boy during physical education class. Uh-oh. Somebody, wait, what's the danger here? So somebody, I mean, I let's hope she has uh, Ebola on her lips so at least <laughs> it, it makes some kind of sense. Nope. School okay. brass actually reported the impromptu bus, bus, I'm not sure, B-U-S-S, this is a word, as a uh, possible sex crime. Oh, my gosh. According a to crime. Lee County Sheriff's Office. Now, Lee Was County, it consensual? Was he, like, attacking this girl or what? No, no, no. She kissed him. Oh. Oh. Well, this was a, yeah, okay. This, uh, this, this is, what grade are they in? Uh, it's an elementary school. Okay, so I happen to know, having read a little uh, more about it, that they're twelve, which doesn't the math doesn't seem quite right to me. But uh, maybe you guys suppose you're right. twelve <laughs> in elementary school. <laughs> I know I was going to high school as fourteen, thirteen even. Well, okay, so uh, some twelve year olds are kissing in in school, and and this is cause to use force. Ah, well, in Lee County it is. Um, the assistant principal of Orange River Elementary School called the cops after a teacher spotted the smooch Wednesday at the Fort Myers school. So the principal called the cops, thought, thought that they needed, was the police needed to get involved here. <laughs> this was an appropriate use of the police, I guess. This could be a sex crime. So I this mean, is crazy. Insane. They're just trying to wash their hands. They're, these public officials are just always trying to pass the buck, saying, whoa, whoa, it's not my responsibility. If I just report it to some higher authority, then they'll deal with it, and my hands are clean. You know, I'm sure this principal was just worried about parents calling in and then having to take ownership of being like, yeah, you guys are freaking out over nothing. Is this the first kiss that um, that this principal has ever dealt with? I, <laughs> it can't be. I mean... It seriously can't be. I, I don't know how this got so much attention that, like, oh, my gosh, some kids are kissing. Is it because they were the older kids in the elementary school They or were something? the older kids. I kissed a girl when I was six. I mean, it wasn't – it didn't mean much, but – Hey, 
even I had girlfriends in elementary school that I kissed. <laughs> this, there is nothing unusual about kids doing this this sort of thing. And absent of being in, being forced to go to this school, I'm sure they would be able to choose a better time to uh, show their affection for one another. But unfortunately, they're forced to be there. Yeah, I I don't imagine that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there or anything, but I can't imagine there's any tongue kissing going on. Mm. Whatever. Well, in fact, um, Margaret Ann Herring, Herring, 56, initially called child welfare officials who directed no. her to contact the sheriff's office, according to a report. No. She called HRS to have people. People's, I, I, what? I mean, what? Who who committed the crime here? I don't see. It. Did it? Did someone like scream out like this is this is inappropriate? I didn't want this person to touch me. Or was the kid complaining or anything? Any reports of a complaint? I have no reports of that. Just well, it was saw it was something happen and yeah. it looked just kind of uh, nefarious. Yeah, or a teacher okay. spotted the smooch, so it doesn't say Yikes. that uh, the the boy cried out in alarm. The kiss apparently occurred after two girls debated over whom the boy liked more. That's when one of the girls went over and kissed the boy. Apparently, (laughs) they had a little bet on and uh, decided that it would be a, you know, this one girl said, well, I'll get the leg up and start kissing him first. What a lucky 12-year-old. My gosh. (laughs) Already in a love triangle. (laughs) I I don't know what's lucky about that, but I suppose you have to go through it at once in your life. (laughs) The redacted sheriff's report notes that Herring stated there were no new allegations of sexual abuse as far as she knew. Deputies did not appear to be further probing the preteen kiss. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, my gosh. So they they ran some sort of criminal investigation into this? Well, they they almost have to. I mean, when a school principal calls in and says that there's been some kind of, uh, uh, you know, elementary school sexual (laughs) escapade going on. Imagine your day coming home as a police officer sharing with your family. Oh, you'll never guess today that the crimes I I stopped. I I mean, I reported and investigated on some children who were kissing. I mean, can you imagine? But I, I wouldn't even be able to face my family. They would laugh at me. I can't imagine any of this well i don't think that the the sheriffs in this one in this instance they really didn't have they they had to respond um and what i think the the most despicable thing here is the principal because the buck's supposed to stop with that person then she decided to pass it no i mean the buck could could easily have stopped with the the police when they said um yeah but they could have said no lady you're crazy we're not handling this one it's clearly not an emergency you're insane well i'll tell you if you call the cops out to your house and say you know something has happened they're going to be there in the same way this lady called and said something has happened and they went to the school especially on the word of a principal all right i mean they really i've got to say that the cops handled this as best uh, one could hope um they you know did whatever cursory investigation found out that this had to do with a kiss and said yeah we don't handle kisses this is just another perfect reason to end public schools altogether because you know that's my opinion if the public school principal can't handle Two students, one student kissing another student when it doesn't appear to be, you know, sexual harassment in any way. I don't know. I mean, you know, it could be, but uh, that yeah. is insane. That's totally crossing the line. I mean, no one was complaining here. And and where's the outrage from? I, I don't expect there to be outrage from parents who are going to say you overreacted. I I want our kids to be kissing in school because then it's it's going to look like they're just supporting kids just making out all over the hallways. And everyone knows that's not what school for but if the kids would just have a choice as to where they spent their time and the parents would have a choice as to where they sent their kid 
then I, I think there would be more communication between the, the parents and the administration, right? Yeah, I wonder how this would be handled. Uh, when I was at uh, 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 the Christian school that I grew up in uh, from kindergarten through eighth grade, hmm. uh, you know, they hand-holding was discouraged in seventh and eighth grade. Um, they, they actually addressed that? They were oh, like, yes. oh, kids, you know, you better not be holding hands. Or oh, when yes. they just saw people holding hands, they would address it. Or they, they, they preempted that. They preempted, and, you know, they, they would address it on a pretty regular basis. The oh handholding is discouraged. Um, now, why is that? It was just a, a show of affection that is non-sexual. It's hands. People shake hands I think in the, the professional world. If you want my opinion, I think that the real reason is, is because they, you know, you're dealing with a variety of different Christian folks that have a variety of different beliefs, and they have to sort of keep toe the line to the, the strictest of them. Otherwise, the strict ones will... Holler out in, um, you know, uh, in upset over the kids, uh, you know, uh, the the next step is them, of course, making out in the hall. Well, it sounds like at least those parents have a choice as to whether or not they sure. want to send their sure. kid to a, a school where they're going to be that strict about it. I mean, I, I would prefer a school that would just make no uh, scene of this. The, it would just. They would let it happen, and that's no big deal that you can keep learning, kids. I didn't have a lot of say in what school I went to in, okay. uh, in, in eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade. Most of us don't. You. Yeah. But uh, there was an incident where um, at the uh, some girls at the door of the girls' locker room flashed their, their broad chests Uh-oh. to uh, one boy, and um, that caused a real ruckus. 855-450 free. Do you think that, uh, well, do you think kids should be arrested for kissing? You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-FREE. The last four digits are 3733 in case your phone doesn't have the, the letters on it. I know that can be frustrating. It's terrible. It is. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. <laughs> Live Tuesday edition. I hear Ian might be back, so, you know, maybe if you hang out, you'll get to hear him. But you I'll know, keep my fingers crossed. Who wants to? <laughs> uh, I, I did an Edgington Post tonight, Derek, and that is a recorded interview that I that we stick at the end of the podcast. Woohoo! I do them now and then. I used to do more, but I've just been just darn busy, busy I guess. Uh, things have uh, changed since, I guess, Ian went to jail initially and... Haven't really got back into the swing of things, but I did do one this evening. So, so we'll get our fill of some Edgington Post. That's evening. right. All uh, right. It's an interview with Jim Babka regarding the Obamacare, the Virginia case uh, that has to do with uh, repealing Obamacare. Awesome. And that kind of thing. So they they put a brief in, and I thought it was worth talking about. Hey, that's exciting. And if you've ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive. Jurisdictionary.com is a course for you. It's for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules, uh, how to get evidence, how to make motions, how to uh, you know do everything that you need to do when you're dealing with the uh, the guy in the robe. If you don't know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. 
It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts and costs less than an hour with any good attorney. The four-CD course, so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend, but it has everything that you need uh, to you know, know how to do all this stuff. Go check it out at Jurisdictionary.com. Download the free tools they have there for you, the free legal flowchart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletters. Use the free legal dictionary. Watch the free videos. Buy the course. When you do, remember to use the pull-down menu when you check out. Let them know you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's jurisdictionary.com. So if you can call in and talk about uh, how immoral it is for elementary school students to be kissing but uh i don't know anyone who's going to call in supporting that decision. no that's it really that's, was that, that's one of those slam dunk stories where everybody's just like that's ridiculous yeah but on the other hand i don't think that there are going to be parents calling the uh, school administrator saying like this went way too far i some of them might uh be saying you can't handle kissing students yeah i hope like, th- i hope that you made it all the in, way up but... to principal and you can't handle <laughs> kissing students <laughs> Yeah, you would you would think uh, she could deal with that, but something happened uh, yesterday here in our uh, uh, our own Keene, yes. New Hampshire, regarding Ron Paul, one you know, a candidate that many liberty lovers are are fond of. Yes. So shall I share? Okay. So yes, tell the story. Occupy Keene. There was a mic check of Ron Paul. So he spoke at Keene College yesterday, yep. and his speech was interrupted by a group of the Occupation Keene. Yes. Uh, just a section of them not everyone from occupy keen decided to participate in this event um they had no message really except that the system there's something wrong with the system and that they are the 99 percent. yes and i i think they just wanted to grab some media attention i absolutely concur with you on that but they missed the opportunity to do something beautiful and of great import they they totally could have had a really cool interaction with ron paul like are you going to end the wars and then he could have you know like responded like of course i am <laughs> i wonder whether they were completely uh you know just didn't know who they're dealing with it sounded like they Initially, had no clue right. they thought he was just some politician right. like hey every somebody's other. running for president let's go grab some attention which that could have been the case but they did seem to be converted by the time he was done speaking to them which like a minute later if you get to see the video of this they mic check him which means that one person speaks and then people repeat what he says exactly uh, that's a uh, that's what the Occupy Wall Street folks do. There was really no need for it in this particular venue. You could hear what the guy was saying. However, that's what they did. In order, it's, it's a signature thing. And, you know, uh, then Ron Paul at the end says, you feel better? Yeah, isn't it beautiful? <laughs> he, he really he took it smiling and then just let them do their thing, let them have their time and their free speech. I mean, contrast that with how Michelle Bachman was mic-checked when she was speaking recently, and the police escorted her away. She had to, like, end her speech early, come back later, and, and finish things up. But I mean, She just couldn't handle it? Yeah, that's how she responded to the... the occupation coming and and sharing their freedom of speech with her well i don't know um whether one has the freedom of speech in a uh, you know during during a candidate speech on what would ostensibly be private property however you're dealing with a college which receives a great deal of federal funding so then one can make the argument for that i you know that's how i would see it i, I mean obviously I, I wouldn't say if uh you go into someone's house and just start calling them names that you have the freedom of speech to to do that on private property but i have a problem I mean, with the, the hollering out uh you know if politicians aren't there for a 
a town hall meeting or a round table, if they're there to give a speech. Yeah, I mean, I say faux pas. I don't pas. know what, what the term was for Ron Paul's uh, thing. If, they, if, it, if it's a, for a speech, then I think people came to see the speech and you should let the politicians speak. However, if the politicians come and say, well, I'm on a listening tour. I kind of did hear a, that it was like a town hall okay. style event. Could be. So, I mean, he he did have no problem with it, it seemed to. He handled um, it adroitly, there's no doubt. Ooh, yeah, it didn't face him. He was smiling and then, you know, did ask him if they felt better, which I thought was a considerate thing to do. Like, hey, you're some people who have some grievances. I'm a politician, so he, he heard them out, and, and I'm glad he was concerned with how they're feeling yeah i felt that uh, that was it was handled reason quite well i think that he came out looking very good uh, i've heard some people say ah occupy got one paul but i don't <laughs> feel like they watched the same video i watched um the video i watched the occupiers seemed pleased with his message post yeah. post mic check well and so did the audience too if, if yeah. the audience wasn't ready for this or, or wasn't familiar with ron paul's message they definitely heard that he was saying well, I agree with a lot of the things you're saying, 99%. I've been a part of the 99% for a long time, and I've been fighting the, the 1% with ending the Fed and um, you know, breaking down uh, huge government offices and always trying to slash budgets. I mean, that, that's really uh, striking at the 1%, I, I would say. It seems to me that if the 1% is going to vote, um, and you know, I mean, maybe some of them are for voting, maybe some of them aren't, I would say that their best choice is Ron Paul. If they think they're going to get something different out of Obama, they're probably mis- they, they probably realize that they're uh, that that's a mistake at this point. Um, so who else are they going to go for? I totally agree. I, I feel like the ninety nine percent and the one percent all benefit from a Ron Paul presidency. I, oh, I, I don't would... think the one percent will benefit from a Ron Paul presidency if the one percent is the ruling class. Oh, okay, yeah. Who, uh, who's if, ever if in charge? Gonna... The parasitical right. class. They're not going to benefit um, because. You know, parasites, frankly, do do better inside of a governmental system. And you've got to consider that there are, uh, you know, when you consider all the politicians, all the families of politicians, all the government workers, all the families of government workers, all the private companies that have contracts and do, say, 50 percent plus one percent of their business with the government, and then all the families of those people, you're talking about a percentage of the population, which is around 50 percent. Right. I, I don't see, I can't see. I don't really believe this 99 percent, one percent thing anyway. I, you know, it's, it's a way of creating divisions. Well, I, I totally hear the division thing, and I do agree with you that the ruling class is most of the problem, but I was taking the one percent versus 99 percent as, as being a financial difference, like one percent of the wealth. I gotcha. There's people in the 1% that would benefit and people right. in the 99% that would benefit. But there's plenty of people in both uh, classes that wouldn't benefit Absolutely. from the Ron Paul presidency if such a thing were to happen. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Got a reason why the Ron Paul presidency would be a bad thing? Call us at Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com.
Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line here on the live Tuesday night edition with Mark. And Derek J. You can give us a call at 855-453-FREE. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We also give away archives. Lots of archives. Maybe thousands of hours of archives. For the last five years? That's right. Last five years at archives.freetalklive.com. You can go there, get them. That'll keep you busy for a while. (laughs) Archives.freetalklive.com. Completely free for you. Let's go to jump right into the phones here. Um, actually, after I tell you about SACL CAI, SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. They can do it for your company. They'll do it with respect in a way that uh, will allow you to keep your clients, too. Not only get your money, but you keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Let's go to Howard in Pennsylvania. Howard? Hello? Howard, you're on Free Talk Live. Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. What's up, Hey, mind? Mark. How are you doing? Hey, Derek. Hey, Howard. Hey. All's well. What's up, man? Hey, fellas. Um, I was calling. I wanted to talk about Mark Emery. Um, I heard that he's going to be at this event you guys are uh, promoting called the Liberty Forum. That is not I correct. He's, or Jody is. That's Jody like, Jody Emery, his wife, will be his there. His wife, Jody. Yeah, she's so awesome. And I started hearing you. You were talking about this guy, Jack Spierka, is going to be on speaker, too. And I had known him from a podcast that he does called the Survival Podcast. That's right. Pretty, pretty fond of it. I think he's a good guy. But then when I heard that Jody was going to be there, I was just, I so want to be there. But the reason why I'm calling is that, I don't know, Mark, I've been a listener for a while, so I don't know if you remember me at all, but I, we used to be Facebook pals, and I had to get, get off of Facebook. But you gave me some really considerate advice from an email I wrote to you about a time, I and mean, I was having some pretty bad drinking problems and asked you some questions about addiction. And I really appreciated how thoughtful your reply was. But the reason I'm calling is because when Mark was first in prison for that whole seed thing, you know, yeah. they extradited him. Sure. Jody called in because she's a, you know, she's a friend of your show. That's right. And she asked people to write to Mark that he was in jail and he was having, you know, just going through struggles and stuff. So I started writing him. And it actually is like an amazing thing that's developed because I didn't really know him that well. I mean, I'm a fan of cannabis. I like it. Canada but in general? I didn't, Can- cannabis? I, didn't really, I like cannabis, yeah, but yeah, okay. I really didn't know know what all that Mark was about. So I started writing him letters in jail, and it was actually like an outlet for me because I was going through such hard times. So I would just write him a lot of stuff because that's what Jody asked for, just say, write him what you're doing, how you know your day is going. And I was just you know trying to help, and I would write him a lot, and it acted... And Mark actually started writing me back, and I've gotten, like, five awesome letters back from this guy, and it's developed where I've, like, become where I've really known and I really appreciate Mark and, and Jody so much and all the work they've done. Aww. And it's just, I just wanted to share that story. It's so awesome. The, the guy is, like, such a good guy, and it's like... As that's I've heard, I've heard like everything somebody, that that's that's the case is that he is really a really awesome dude, an amazing person. I just wanted to call in and tell you this story because he's actually become somebody that I call a friend, and I just value him so much. And I just thought it was important that I called in and said it because Free Talk Live really, you guys like introduced me to Jody and all that. So I'm like so wanting to go to this event. It's, it's so awesome. So. 
Well, yeah, I hope I you to the Liberty the Forum. I, I hope you can yeah, make it to the Liberty Forum. Let's talk about it real quick. So I'll give folks the information in case they're wondering, what the heck is the Liberty Forum? The Liberty Forum is uh, from February the 23rd through the 26th here in Nashua, New Hampshire. I'm not in Nashua, but it's near nearby here. It's in New Hampshire where I am. <laughs> There's probably a better way to put the, construct that sentence. Um, in the elegant Crown Plaza Hotel. And, of course, you've mentioned some of the speakers that are going to be there, including uh, Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government and uh, uh, Nick Dranias, uh, John Lott, several of them, Clark Neely, Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center. And you can get your tickets now. Not only do you get the early bird discount, but you can get the uh, free talk live discount, which is you know significantly less than what the normal uh, rate would be. How long away is this go? Is this, is this mark? I mean, February the twenty third through the twenty sixth. Okay, cool. So right. now's the time to get the ticket. FTL twenty twelve is your uh, coupon code. And uh, Howard, I do appreciate you calling in and keep writing uh, Mark and, and I'd like to see you when you come to uh, the Liberty Forum. Thanks very much. It is so helpful to receive mail while in jail. That it's is nice. just so nice that, Mark's, that Howard took his time to be a, a letter pen pal with Mark. Yeah, and in Mark's uh, situation, he's been in there a very long time, um, you know, like, uh, going on probably two years now. I mean, it's your only connection to the outside yeah. is the, the letter communication. So that's wonderful. Good on Howard. <sighs> Well, that's good news. This sounds like bad. Jay Noon calling from Massachusetts. Jay Noon, you're on Free Talk Live. Can you hear me? Hmm. Hello? Yep, there Hello. he is. Oh, okay. Now I hear you guys. Okay, great. What's going on, Jay? Well, <laughs> kind of had a rude awakening this morning. Very rude one. Yeah, I got woke up to uh, pounding on the doors. Um, oh, probably... Ten or so men with badges and guns. Oh my gosh! Uh, I, I come down the stairs in my house, and they're already coming in the house. Oh, <gasps> they just came right into and your house. They, uh, they, they just came right in. Oh my gosh! Um, yep, yeah, uh, they, uh, they, they got to. Well, <laughs> I'm still a little shocked about it, but uh, yeah, they, uh, they had a secret hearing. Ex parte hearing at Palmer District Court, and they waived the judge waived the uh, all the necessary notices they're supposed to give you, you know, before they throw you out of your house. Jeez, what? Because because of what happened last time. Because it's actually handwritten right on the eviction notice. Because people uh, were prepared for it last time. Is that what you mean, Jay? Right. Well, last time, what happened was, uh, you know, Ian and I, amongst a bunch of other folks, uh, must have been close to 50 people, showed up at your house with cameras and uh, essentially staked out the place for when the bureaucrats came. And they were circling like vultures, but they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't come in with all those folks around. And you had some legal recourse that you, you know, some some tricks up your sleeve that apparently staved them off for quite some time. I mean, it's been it's been a few months. That was uh, probably early summertime. That was June. That was just after Porkfest. So, if I recall, Jay, didn't you call up the, the sheriff and kind of just ask him why he wasn't coming that day? And he didn't uh, get back yeah, to you? Yeah, it was a constable. Yeah, okay. I did call up the constable. And uh, and, that, and you got that right on the video there. If, you're, if anybody wants to look at the very first uh, um, the Free Keen TV there uh-huh. uh, show, it, 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 all that, that video is in there. Right. And, uh, yeah, I... Uh, Called him up, said, "Hey, uh, you know, you defaulted on your own notice, and um, so." Uh, and so now that this they, time um, they just didn't send out any notice. 
Right. They yeah, didn't this want time to be they had an actual hearing in secret. How could they do that? I mean, yeah, what is, they well, do whatever they want, is, Jay, I know, but... How, right. They don't follow the law because they're corporations, not government. See, government agents have to follow the law. They're corporations calling, that, calling themselves governmental agencies, but mm-hmm. they're not government. And they're you're, just, you're you know, talking about Palmer District Court? I'm talking about Town of Palmer, Palmer District Court, uh, City of Keene. They're all municipal corporations that call themselves governmental agencies, so they don't have to follow any law because what they do is they basically strong-arm everybody into, or coerce or convince or trick everybody into contracting into their law and contracting out of, you know, basically constitutional law. So, um, and, and, and by no means am I done with them yet. Yeah, I, I figured uh, you're not, and that was my next question. What the heck are you going to do about this? This is your house. Well, I... um. What I did is I did some trustee appointments back in uh, early June and May, mm-hmm. uh, or right back in May, April, May. I did some trustee appointments, and what I did is I appointed because these governmental corporations or these, these municipal corporations, what what they essentially do is they create trusts, such as a name on a driver's license and all this stuff, and then they. That by you Jay, I want to hear a little want. more about this. But just, if, just hold the line, if you would, here. 855-450-FREE. SACL toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. More with Jay Noon. Beware the man with one gun, for he probably knows how to use it. Never has this been more true than with the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle to have, if you could have only one. It's the perfect, lightweight, hard-hitting, do-it-all bolt-action rifle. Affordable, versatile, and reliable. Delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. Visit Ruger.com slash Scout Rifle or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's mine, and it's American. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the sacred toll-free call in line here on the Live Tuesday edition with Mark. And Derek J. Derek, we were uh, sitting here enjoying our Vapor Smith's vaporizers during the break. And this is true. You, uh, you were a smoker at one point. We read a study here. Actually, I guess you're probably still a cigarette smoker. I was at one point. And we read a study on the air that said, um, I think it was on Sunday, that said that uh, there was a study done of uh, some smokers. They were given an e-cigarette. And six months later, half of them had cut their cigarette consumption in half, and a quarter of them had stopped smoking entirely just from wow. this little device, which is makes it a heck of a lot more successful than most of the other smoking cessation uh, products out there. And these were people that had uh, opted out of a smoking cessation program. So this works on the sort of recalcitrant <laughs> smokers. <laughs> yep, the, the people who are fighting it. Indeed. And wow. you can get a Vaporsmith's uh, e-cigarette for free. All you have to do is go purchase 40 cardamizers with coupon code FTL at Vaporsmiths.com. You'll also get free shipping. Uh, 40 cardamizers cost 70 bucks, so you can see a cardamizer is, uh, has the equivalent nicotine of a pack of cigarettes. So you can see that, well, this is a lot better deal than regular smoking, and it has a lot of benefits of smoking without a lot of the detriments. 22,000 times healthier. You can smoke just about anywhere. 
fast shipping, one of the best e-cigarettes made on the market today. It's Vaporsmiths.com or 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Let's go back to Jay Noon in Massachusetts. Jay? Yes. Excellent. So uh, continue well, continue with your story of your house being uh, taken from you today without you even getting a court hearing. Oh, that's right. Uh, well, anyways, um, the original eviction, it said it expired in three months, and that was issued on uh, May, well, it was June 9th or May 9th, but uh, so they, they had a new hearing, and, they, and the paperwork was September 7th when they had the new hearing, the ex parte hearing, the secret hearing, you know, I'll tell you about. They do uh, in um, uh, and the, the the chief of police told me he goes, oh, yeah, they had that in executive session. And I said, see, there's more evidence. This is not the judiciary after having executive session. Yeah, what's an That's, executive yeah. session in in the judiciary? I mean, the executive is supposed to be the law enforcement branch. And why in the world it, well, would they not allow they, you to even uh, attend your own hearing? Oh, right, right. Uh, well, because uh, they. Uh, well, because they presume that I am a subject of the United States, as described by the 14th Amendment. They, they presume everybody's a U.S. citizen or a subject. And I had done all kinds of paperwork with these guys explaining to them how I'm not a subject and I'm not bound by these private municipal laws and I am not a U.S. citizen. In fact, well, I'm a man. Right. And, and, you know, and all these laws apply to persons. We look up the word "person." It's a, you know, or all, all, all these statutes that should say apply to persons, and persons are corporations, trusts, or trustees and bankruptcy. I mean, just look in a law, any law dictionary. That's what it says. And uh, so, anyways, government creates all these trusts, and what all they simply do is they apply them to you, uh, and you basically consent to them either by um, not saying anything or by signing something like a library card, voter registration. Um, you know, uh, driver's license, any of that stuff. And that's and, how you become bound as a subject? Well, well, that's how you essentially become bound as a subject. So I never got any of that stuff. And, uh, or, well, I had a driver's license and stuff, but I, I personally revoked the driver's license. I revoked that contract with the state, got rid of that, sent an affidavit to the whole nine yards. So this is what really stopped them the first time. Um, although... So what they, stopped them? Uh, so why didn't it stop them this time? Well, because they just had an ex parte hearing, and uh, you know they're just a, you know, I, I mean they came to my house and said, "Hey, listen, your trespasses." And no, this belongs to the town of Palmer. So I have oh. no contract with that corporation. Right. So all, all, all these towns are corporations. You know. So they're not, they're not how covered. did you get ten unwelcome men with badges and guns out of your house? He left it. <laughs> I, I didn't get him out of my house. You yeah. didn't? I mean, it was no, just, no. This it was house me, got taken. It was me and my pug, Louie. I mean, we weren't going to put up much of a fight, you know? My goodness. Well, I don't think putting up a fight no. is going to do you much good, frankly. No, no, um, no. So, you know, I, what are you, so, what's, what's the plan now, Jay? Well, the plan is, is I appointed Linda M. Conley, who's the chief, uh, Supreme, chief justice of the Massachusetts District Court System, and John G. Walsh, who is the comptroller of the currency. And if anybody wants to Google John G. Walsh, they'll, they'll really get a little education on what that guy does. But anyways, he's out of Washington, D.C. So I appointed them as trustees of this trust, um, Noon, Joseph F., in all capital letters, which is who they claim owns, owes the taxes, uh-huh. which is a trust that 
the uh, town created. Now, um, them, and I also put in the uh, trustee appointment, which they had 72 hours to refuse, which is the same thing these corporations do to you when you get a driver's license, register a car, register a, a land and a registry of deeds, all these things. So um, they're the trustee appointments, and what's going to happen is they're going to be, um, my next step is to lean them each for about $900,000. Um, I, I, I put an exact number in each document, um, and I I took them documents to the registry of deeds. I um, you know put them in there. And then I took the, took the registered copies and I certified mailed them to them two individuals. Uh, so this happened to a, a a guy in Utah who's helped me out a lot with this, and he did the same exact thing. And they kicked him out of his house the whole nine yards. They actually took him out of his house at two o'clock in the morning. Well, did uh, it work for the guy in Utah? Did. And what happened with the guy in Utah about a little less than a year later, they they, they, they gave him his house back. They, um, and a year, he, uh, he basically, he leaned these, these two, indiv- he lean two individuals for $900,000 each, and there was nothing. These guys couldn't buy property. They, right. And, and, he, and since then, he's helped six other people do it. Well, five other people. He's been successful with this six times, and he's the guy that's been working with me on it. Awesome. So, well, I hope that this works yeah. for you. I'd like to present this. Uh, I'd like to present some stuff for some people who are saying, "What? This guy wasn't paying his taxes? Of course, he had his taxes taken. He deserves that." Um, you know, you live. Uh, you, you happen to you happen to be a, a volunteer firefighter in the town in which you live, or the in municipality, right? Yeah, I've been a volunteer firefighter for 16 years. And now, what do they pay volunteer firefighters? When I first got on, they were paying the guys like 1200 and now it's not like, yeah, I think somebody told me it's at like $1,900. So um, you're getting... A year. But you refuse that, right? Yeah, I never took a paycheck from them. I thought that was ridiculous wow. to take a paycheck to be a volunteer. Now, wow. um, and also, now, what are your taxes? What would the taxes be on that property if they uh, um, per year that uh, you know you would uh, that you would be getting that they'd be getting uh, about two thousand dollars? Well, just under two thousand, just shy of two thousand. So they're paying you nineteen. So they're paying you nineteen hundred dollars, and you're refusing to take it, and they're charging you nineteen hundred dollars, and you're refusing to pay it. Right. Well, he, you know, my goodness. even if you know, the, my point is, is you don't own the property. If I, you have understand, to pay rent on I it. understand your point, but there are people out yep. there that don't care what your point is. They just care about, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they care about the government and this needs to be done the way it needs to be done. And they tell you that you had to pay it, you know, and I want those people to understand that you're coming from this and as, and as righteous a position as a man can. Now, you don't have any kids, right? Oh, I don't have any. I don't have any children, and I would never even put them in public schools. Right. So your kids aren't being a drain on the town or anything like that. You're no. a net positive for this town. Um, I mean, you know, you, you don't have five kids that are costing everybody a, a bunch of money by putting them in public school. You you are keeping your kid. You have no kids, so um, you're not costing them anything, and you're doing the volunteer firefighter thing, and you're not pay, taking a paycheck. So this is really this really boils down to the government wanting you to fill out their paperwork because you would be taking the check, cashing the check, putting the check into your bank account, then writing them a new check and sending it to them. You know, Just this, go along with our bureaucracy. That's what it's about for them. Oh, yeah. And, and like, even like, 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 like me personally, I'm, I'm very much, I mean, I want to help my neighbors. I want to help everybody else. You guys kind of know how I am. 
But, like, we had this nasty snowstorm here a couple weeks ago that knocked all kinds of trees down. Uh, right. I own my own bucket truck. I was out clearing town roads just so people could get through with my truck, um, doing work, uh, just stuff like that. And, you know, actually, about three weeks ago, uh, another local farmer in town had a load of hay catch on fire on him on his trailer. Oh, my. And... They called me and said, hey, uh, we got all this hay in the, in the road. Would you have a dump truck or something to come pick it up with? I was right down there picking the hay up off the road. Jay, how could, people, how could people get behind you? What can they do for you right now? Well, the best way people get behind me is to not participate with these municipal corporations, which is really hard for people to grasp. But, I do, I, you know, I kind of really don't know the, the most realistic way for people to get behind me. Um, I'm, I'm a little lost right there because Jay, keep us uh, keep us updated. I do appreciate you calling in. Eight five five four five zero three. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society: the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. toll-free call in line 855-450-3733 you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about that's what we do here on free talk live check out the shrine of female listeners where we have uh, lovely ladies dozens of them who have, have verified that they listen to free talk live and you can see them all at shrine.freetalklive.com it's mark and derek J and ian that's right ian sitting in with us you were off at the uh, city council meeting yep yep sure was and uh what, <laughs> What, what, what was going on there? Yeah, it was relatively uneventful. There's been some news in Keene recently. Uh, followers at uh, freekeen.com would be aware of this, but there's a city councilor who um, allegedly, ass- excuse me, allegedly assaulted another uh, person who was running for city councilor at the time right. on election day. The allegation was that she got out of her car, <clears throat> proceeded to grab the candidate, the other candidate signs out of the back of her car, went up to her, shoved this. Uh, the signs into her, basically allegedly assaulting her with her own campaign signs, wow. and uh, yelled at her in front of other people in public, uh, yelled at her, accusing her of, of planting the signs in front of the the, the lady who assaulted, allegedly assaulted her signs, and was very upset about that, and you know dropped the F-bomb a number of times, told her to get the F out of town, F you, oh, and uh, did all these things in front of... Wit- so there's multiple statements from witnesses saying that, uh, at least the witness statements show that the, the verdict Verbal assaults happened. Right. No one has backed up yet the actual so this, physical assault. This government uh, gal, um, the, the the current city councilor, mm-hmm. she doesn't have pictures backing up her side because, well, government agents don't tend to like these camera things. Um, so she probably doesn't have any pictures backing up her side saying that, uh, that, in fact, this lady did plant signs on either side of her sign. No, and as was pointed out, the, uh, the candidate who was being accused of planting signs said she didn't plant any of her signs. It was all her volunteers that that went out and did that so you know how could you possibly control what those people do you can but even if she had put the signs in front of another person's signs that's that's not violent 
I mean, <laughs> that's tacky. It's tacky, and I would frown upon it, but I, I don't think it's caused to aggress against somebody. No, I mean, it, and, it, and it's, it's supposedly against the law to uh, to pull someone else's signs out of the ground. So if anything, wow. the uh, the lady who, not that I think that you know she should go to jail or anything like no. that, but, uh, but if anything, the lady who you know was, was making the allegations about the campaign signs being placed, if she actually did pull the other lady's signs out, then she could possibly be facing uh, criminal charges. So I was there at the request of one of the two uh parties to that matter tonight to now, check um, it out one thing that has happened here in Keene in the past and uh, is that you know when a city councilor is shown to be less than friendly that they don't do too well there mm-hmm. was uh, another city councilor who you know oh, this doesn't look good for had her. a rap- no. reputation of being kind of nasty to people and um that didn't go well for her well they're right. supposed representatives right don't you want to be represented by somebody who's, who's friendly nice. yeah yeah yeah, and and you're right that that lady you're talking about did lose re-election uh, this time around. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's uh, so that's what I was doing tonight. And you know, for people that are following over at freekeen.com, there's there's news there about that. So I've got an interesting politically related story. It's a heck of a segue, but uh, from revolutionpack.com, new Iowa poll places Ron Paul firmly in first Woo-hoo! with 25 percent. Wow. So we saw firmly as of like Republican likely voters in the primary. I'll tell or you caucus that I've, I've, caucus. Got it. I've actually um, they have caucus in Iowa, right? They'll yes, they do have caucus, and I'll explain to it. Explain that it, it's a little more complicated than just me rattling off something to you. It's mm-hmm. it's right inside of here, uh, but. I do want to recap. I think it was early last week. Maybe it was uh, the end of the week before. Ron Paul was tied for first, and he still is sort of in Iowa, and I'll explain that within this story. Well, that was because of the wiggle room, right? It was like, give or take a couple of percents. Yeah, it was a couple so. of points, and basically it was a four-way tie for first between uh, Gingrich, Kane, Romney, and Paul. <clears throat> so that was what was going on there. In New Hampshire last week, Ron Paul came in second behind Romney, and you know— Romney's going to take New Hampshire. I just, I would love to see Paul oh. take New Hampshire, but I just, you know, he lives here, and in a lot of ways, he's the front runner. They, the New Hampshireites, just love anything that says Massachusetts on it. I don't it. understand Romney it. Lives in New Hampshire. He has a, a house in New oh, okay. Hampshire, but he has okay. spent more time here. Well, he destroyed that state. Right. You know, he destroyed Massachusetts. Why would you want to live there? Uh, right, right. He has to uh, so, be, be at a distance while he's yeah. uh, That's something them. I don't understand is why people in New Hampshire, some of them, I don't think all of them, I think a lot of people don't really like Massachusetts at all, but uh, it seems like some of them are obsessed with uh, with Massachusetts and like what goes on down there. Yeah, I've got nothing, no use for it, but whatever. So going on with the story, Congressman Ron Paul is leading by a significant margin in Iowa, according to the preliminary results of a new tele-research poll. Revolution PAC, the super PAC formed to support presidential candidate Ron Paul, has received early data from the commissioned Iowa poll. The tele-research survey is the first to incorporate disaffected Democrats and independents who will not vote to reelect Obama and will instead cross over to participate in the Iowa Republican caucus, as well as likely Republican caucus goers. So it's a wow. wider it's a wider cut of potential voters. That's correct in the pri- in the the caucus. So this could really make a big difference. Mm, Ron Paul's great. going to get a bump from independents and Democrats over other Republicans. The question is how much is that bump? And maybe that bump is six percent, according to this. Sample survey size is approximately 2,900 people with almost 700 likely Republican caucus goers. Indiana's Teller Research Corp has been 
polling voters for more than 18 years and reports the margin of error is less than 3%, factoring in both Republican caucus goers and disaffected Democrats and independents who've indicated that they will participate in the Iowa Republican caucus. Ron Paul leads at 25% with an approximate four-point advantage over Newt Gingrich and Herman Cain. Factoring in only Republican voters, Ron Paul is a three-way dead heat for lead with Paul, Kane, and Gingrich uh, trailing by one point. The poll also reveals that more than 25% of all respondents, Democrats, Republicans, and Independents, stated that an interventionist foreign policy is the greatest threat to long-term peace and national security. So, Ooh. you know, that is a big, um, uh, a, a big plank for him. That's a big statement because I know when you're talking about who's going to vote for Ron Paul, a lot of the people who voted for Obama voted for him because he said he would end the wars, you know, and he had a plan to get people if out of If they voted Iraq. for him for that reason, then they didn't pay attention to what he said because he said that um, he was voting he, – he was, he was for Afghanistan and against Iraq, but – Okay. Now, a lot of people did vote for him for the very reason you're saying. Okay, yeah. The, I, whether or not they were correct in their assumption, that they did expect that he would end the wars. And so now there are going to be people who are like, hey, hold on, this didn't happen. I need a new approach. That's, I mean, that's what Ron Paul's offering. Isn't that uh, the economy and ending the wars? Weren't those the big issues when Obama was uh, elected? And those are still the big issues today. And yeah, Very can, different plans. Yeah, for, I can tell you that the folks them. at the Occupy movement that I've met are in no way enamored with Barack Obama. It's, it's, it does seem to be the case uh, when I go out on there on Saturday mornings and hang with the, uh, the, the peace the, vigil, the, the peace vigil folks. They you know, they're talking about Ron Paul. They don't know who to vote for, mm-hmm. but they know the candidates that are against these wars and that's what they want. And they can see from the evidence that Obama isn't their guy. He well, doesn't intend to scale down what's going on in Afghanistan and, and only did so what was going on in Iraq grudgingly. Well, and he's also the one of the only candidates that I hear talking about Guantanamo Bay or some of these detention camps and some of the um, bases that we have all around the world. I don't hear other candidates talking about that. And that's, that's a huge oh, they step talk towards about it. peace. They talk about how they want well, They want it. more, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was one of the things that Obama uh, also campaigned on was closing Guantanamo Bay, a broken promise more than twice now. So I don't uh, think that you can close, close – they can close Guantanamo Bay. Well, whether or not it's, it's a possibility, I, I think that – People expected it would happen, and yeah. so they, they were obviously voting for peace. They, right. They so wanted... he could have done what he could have come to the American public and said, "Hey, look, we tried, and this is why it can't be done," and it leveled with people instead of this backroom dealings that he did. It just looks slimy to me the way that uh, Obama went about the whole Guantanamo thing. He could have been above board. You know, I ran on it. It was a uh, it was a rhetorical issue. What I can tell you about the Guantanamo situation is it can, you know, that these insurgent folks can't be tried in, in civilian courts for this reason, this reason, and this reason. Sorry about that. We're going to have to give them military tribunals. These trials are good enough for our soldiers, so they're good enough for these guys, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's the, probably the best thing you could have said. I don't accept any of that. Free Talk Live, 855-453-FREE. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. 
That's FFF at FFF.org. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It is Mark with you. And Derek J. And Ian. So you can call in, take control of the airwaves. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. Another thing we do this holiday season is stuff your stocking. Giveaways. That's right. <laughs> Most days, and I know I think I skipped uh, Sunday this, this week. Most days from now until I leave for va- Christmas vacation, we'll be giving away prizes on our Facebook page. Sometimes twice a day. All you have to do is like the page there at facebook.freetalklive.com. And keep an eye out for on that page. There'll be all kinds of ways to win and all kinds of prizes Given away um, yearly the movie movies copies of Guns and Weed the movie mm. Ruger BX twenty five magazines Liberty stickers Vapor Smiths vaporizers awesome Tota sacks uh, you know what all kinds of different things to win and you can do it uh, at uh, facebook.freetalklive.com so go go over there like us now that'll uh, get you in the mix woohoo so go to Benjamin in California. Benjamin, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, um, last week, uh, you guys were kind enough to read uh, a, a press release I put together about an up- our upcoming trial, or my upcoming trial for me and my brother for a taxes equal theft sign. And, and this is uh, when you were arrested uh, for having a sign on an overpass in California and also wearing masks at the time. Uh, they charged you with a couple different things. They ended up dropping the mask charge, and you are still facing, what was it, attaching a sign to public property? What's the charge you fa- you're facing? Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of confusing. There are a lot of commas, and in fact, that's part of my story. But um, the first half of the penal code is maliciously destroying like public property, like a sign or something. And then the other half is affixing a sign or fixing an advertisement, essentially. What are they uh, claiming you destroyed? Property. Well, they're not. So um, they're, they're claiming, claiming you yeah, were advertising? But they're saying we were advertising, that I we fixed uh, an advertisement, because we uh, put this, we had the sign held in place to the chain link fence by two overhand knots, loosely tied overhand knots. Right, because oh, it was gosh. a monster sign, so it made more sense to, you know, to tie it down to something rather than to stand and hold on to the thing. All right, we didn't want to... You know, we didn't want to hold it, and we didn't want flopping around. But you didn't permanently mar any structure. You didn't, uh, you know, cause any kind of damage to anything. And and should you have, you know, not been harassed by the police and arrested, you would have ended up completely removing any trace that anything was there. I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely. Our yeah. plan was to, you know, take it around with us to multiple locations. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like it was strung across the street. I mean, it wasn't yes. in the way of any cars or people walking. No. It was it was right up against a and fence. And you didn't leave it there. I mean, you know, this this is uh, ostensibly one would think that this uh, this law was really for people who are putting up advertisements and running away and right. leaving them there for the intention of uh, you know leaving them there, like stapling an advertisement to a f- telephone pole or something. You like guys that. are standing there in Guy Fox masks on either side of it when the uh, the cops show up. So you're not intending to do anything, but you're making a political statement which is the most protected speech out there. Which they didn't like because in the video that you guys recorded, the cops actually debate with you over whether or not taxes are theft. And uh, really, it was about them not liking what you were saying. Yeah, that's it would have been uh, interesting if your sign had said, we love uh, California Highway Patrol. <laughs> you know? Well, and they, they, they clearly didn't like us recording them either. They yep. mentioned several times that we can either turn our cameras off 
or they'll take them as evidence. Wow. Not fans um, of the First Amendment. Yeah, these, these or folks property don't like their rights. So we put out that press release because we were supposed to finally go to trial um, next week. Um, but we went to, I guess it's called a trial readiness conference uh-huh. on Friday, where, and, and, and this is, uh, I, I think, a good story, sort of. Um, the DA and uh, my attorney and the judge are talking there in the courtroom, and the DA is trying to explain to the judge what he's charging us with. And the judge, he's an el- older fellow, uh, he face palms. Uh, <laughs> at the DA trying to explain it to him because he, he just can't believe it. Really? The court employees were snickering about it. Um, a couple of the other people in the audience were openly laughing at the idea of what uh, <laughs> the DA was trying to explain how he was charging us. He admitted he still hasn't seen the video. It's been, what, six or seven months since our arrest. Yes, yeah. Um, what a, wow. How long is it? It's, My it's like this could take up a, a good portion of his day. It's at least seven minutes. <laughs> right, right. And um, Benjamin, do you know uh, if the DA can just drop the case, or is is he obligated to well, carry this thing out because the the police initiated? Of course, he can. He can always drop it. Well, well so here's the thing. So this is supposed to be when we do. I don't know what to say. We're ready for the trial that happens in you know a little over a week, right? Right. So the judge uh, tells tells the attorneys. Uh, look, I do not want this going to through to and through the expense of a jury trial. Uh, and he tells the DA, "You need to settle this." So, settle it. Um, <laughs> so we so we leave, and uh, our attorney knows this. But we obviously we're not going to take plea deals for anything. Um, nice. So we we explain to the DA that uh, we would accept him uh, dropping the charges, and uh, then he said, "Well, no, you need to uh, you need to at least take." Uh, the resisting charge that we're charging you with, um, and you know, just pay the court fees for it. And so we declined. Uh, Did to, you ask for a written apology from these uh, stormtroopers that came and told you that uh, they, they were going to stop you from uh, uh, recording and take your cameras as evidence and use essentially the uh, the color of law uh, for theft? N- not yet. <laughs> we're not. We're not at that stage yet. Um, Such Gestapo. I, I, there's, there's a couple other highlights, like. Uh, our attorney mentioned to the to the judge that we were in Guy Fox mask, and asked the judge if he knew who Guy Fox was. And as soon as he said, you know, do you know who Guy Fox was? The judge goes, remember, remember the fifth of November. Ooh. He's from South Africa and knows all about Guy Fox. Hmm. Okay. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's interesting. The bailiff, the bailiff handed our. I'm no our fan attorney. of Guy Fox, but yeah, I think but... that it's interesting that the judge happens to be able to say that little uh, little rhyme for you. He at least saw the right. movie. Right. Um, the bailiff actually handed our lawyer a sticky note with her email address on it uh, and a note saying she wants a link to the video so she can go watch it. Wow. Um, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, so you, now we have a, wonderful. A, so where does it stand right case. now? Well, so, so now, since we couldn't settle it, um, they set a new court date for them setting a new trial date. <laughs> so I don't know when... Uh, when we're actually so how much does this cost you, Benjamin? Yeah, what are you paying for the lawyer? Well, so far we've just given him a retainer, and uh, I mean, we'll every time he has to go happens. and do something, every time that's this prosecutor, this is what the prosecutor's doing at this point is he's attempting to cost you as much money as possible so that he can mm. punish you in the form of <laughs> fines to your lawyer. And that was actually one of his uh, statements when he offered his uh, deal to us to uh, take a plea and just pay the court fees. He goes. 
that would be a lot cheaper than you having to bring your lawyer back. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my but gosh! For us, and, and but for us, that's not the point. I mean, if it was about money, we would have just buckled under the next do day. You have, was your lawyer standing there when that was said? Oh yeah. Okay, so you have corroboration that he's essentially trying to to uh, coerce you by using the legal system. I mean, that sounds like a suit to me. Yeah, he's saying you won't be able to afford justice. This guy well, should be paying your lawyer fees and sending you a personal apology and the apology of the two uh, st- state uh, state. Tr- Boy, troopers, you're a dreamer, aren't you? Man? They are. That's that's what should happen here. Yeah, that'd be nice. With but... any luck, the judge throws it out. So that yeah. would be that would keep be, keep us in the loop. A step please. towards it. Yeah, please let us know, Benjamin. I am interested in what's going on here. Eight eight fifty five four fifty free. I sure I'm sure he said yes. Eight five five four five zero free. Free talk live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Talk Live, 855-453. It's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. And Ian. The holidays are just around the corner. This season, consider the greatest gift you can give your family and friends, peace of mind. Destabilizing events are happening around the world. Unemployment. Inflation, food shortages, natural disasters, just to name a few. Get prepared. Protect your family. For my preparation, I choose WiseFoodStorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com offers delicious, ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff that are packaged for freshness in individual metal Mylar pouches and carry a 25-year shelf life. You prepare them in just minutes by simply adding water. You can get a free entree sample by going to wisefoodstorage.com or calling 855-FOODWISE. I mean, how can you go wrong? Get a free sample from these folks. Um, also, coupon, It's a no-brainer. It, it really is. Uh, that you have to use coupon code FTL to get the, uh, the, the free entree sample. And you can, if you make an order, no-cost shipping and 10% off of any order. It's wisefoodstorage.com, 855-FOODWISE, promo code FTL. That's wisefoodstorage.com. Just reading through my uh, Facebook here. It looks, uh, according to my Facebook, Rick Santorum says that he would profile Muslims in the uh, debate that's going on as we speak. (laughs) What is this, the the 57th debate? How many of them? They've had a lot. I'm shocked that they're having another one. Good. I'm glad. I mean, the more chance Ron Paul has uh, to get out his It's becoming Ron Paul and the seven evil dwarves. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's so fun to watch, but I wish he had more time. To... Apparently, no one told Michelle Bachman that Americans don't like the Patriot Act. Oh, yeah. Hmm. How, how she, she wants to amp it up, right? She's <laughs> like, we need, I think that Patriot Act thing is think this is going to come back not... for her? I mean, I know, I guess I'm, maybe it will. It did for Gingrich, right? His whole campaign staff quit, and now he's uh, top, I, you know, I hesitate to even insult dogs. Um, <laughs> but... You know, so anything could happen. I I don't know. But I, in tr- traditional government form, she's just lending more effort and money to a failing program. Yeah. So that's I think that's Newt Gingrich probably style. helped to write the Patriot Act. 
You know, uh, since we were talking with uh, Benjamin out of Good Men Do Something, which we didn't mention, but that's his Facebook page, the guy that uh, just called in a few moments ago about the trial situation he and his brother are facing for holding up a taxes equals theft sign in California and being charged with nonsensical crimes. Uh, Good Men Do Something, his Facebook page, are a good way to keep in touch with them. But uh, since we're on the topic of people being arrested for free speech and, uh, you know, the First Amendment video, uh, Derek, you are going to trial tomorrow, actually. Yeah, I have a trial tomorrow. Uh, you know, I'm facing a disorderly conduct charge because my order, my uh, conduct was just not orderly. Uh, when I was recording the public officials in a public place uh, during the course of their duties. Right, you're the uh, third the person camera. to be arrested at the Keene District Courthouse. Uh, and they don't actually have their own courthouse here in Keene. They rent out a, a portion of the city's building. So on the second floor, there's a little portion of that. That's the uh, the Keene District Court. And uh, you're the, the third person. Uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com, Sam Dodson from the Obscure Truth Network were arrested about a year, year and a half or so ago for the same thing. So it's been going on for a long time that they've been cracking down on the supposed freedom of the press uh, in that particular area. And of course, now we know that the, the, the press crackdown has gotten worse. Uh, Jason Talley from Talley.tv went to a hearing today at Superior Court because he was arrested there for having a video camera. Um, and so you're going there tomorrow. I wanted to encourage people who haven't seen it yet, if they go to freekeen.com and search for, if, if they search for Derek um, arrest videographer or videographer Derek's arrest or something like that, you'll come up with the, 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 the raw footage of right. uh, what happened to you. And it's just horrible what these men do to, I mean, Derek, you're a little guy. You're like me. You're not a big dude. And these hulking behemoth uh, enforcers, these bailiffs, basically picked on you because you're smaller than them. Because before you went up there, Jason Repsher went up, who's uh, part of uh, Free Keen TV, is another activist in the area. And Jason is probably, you know, I don't know, he's 70, 80 pounds runner. heavier. He's a big yeah. guy. Yeah. He's inti- he, could, he would be intimidating to these guys. And uh, so Jason was there using the video camera, the same camera that you used, in the same place. And all they did to him was tell him that you need to stop recording and kind of got in a debate with him about recording for about two or three minutes when Jason eventually ended up leaving. They never made a move on him. Derek goes up a few moments later with the same camera. And in under 40 seconds or so, he's under arrest. Oh, it was, it was six seconds from warning to... To arrest. Yeah. I, I just uh, cut up a new video that I hope will oh, be really? on freekeen.com tonight. Oh, cool. um, but yeah, it, it actually shows with a counter that <laughs> from from warning to arrest, it was six seconds for me. And for Jason Rapture, who went up just moments before I did, uh, he was told that he had two minutes to turn mm-hmm. the camera off. And, you know, this is how they treat the uh, activists here in, in Keene, is as if they are all one big body. Yeah, as if I heard the warning that they gave to Jason, while yeah. I was downstairs, yeah. as if that's what they—that's really what they think of uh, 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 us as, um, you know, I, as one big group. I told someone in your group, you should know. Service to one is service to all. Well, it's, crazy. it's just absurd. I, I'm glad you pointed it out that there was that double standard because I felt like they were picking on me. I felt Clearly. like the guy was being a schoolyard bully. And and you can even see in the in the video that there's one bailiff who really doesn't want to see this happen. He is like putting his head down. He doesn't want the arrest to happen. But uh, his cohort 
bully friend is is just picking on him, so you know he he has to uh, support his bully friend. So the same bullies, by the way, uh, and we'll we'll I guess report more on how that goes uh, right. tomorrow, probably over at freekeen.com. But the same bullies in that same courthouse. I I I'd meant to bring this up last week. I was in there, I think, to support. Uh, I guess it was Bo. It, all the cases run together. We have so I spend so much time in courtrooms. I mean, it's incredible just supporting my friends and associates that are in there uh, to you know stand up for their their rights and freedom. But uh, so the case had ended and they'd gone out into the hallway outside of the the courtroom. Now I had had permission to record inside the court, but outside they get all uppity. If you're in the hallway or if you're in the lobby, they get very upset if you have a, a video camera out. Well, in this case, I didn't have a video camera out. I wasn't recording. I was just standing there with a couple of other uh, activist friends of mine, just standing watching because there was a conference happening between the individual and like the the district attorney or something like that, or or uh, the police attorney, mm-hmm. and so they were talking and and being a friend. I wanted to stand and you know still be in the presence of that that thing that was going on, which isn't uncommon. I wasn't standing in anyone's way, but there's one particular guy who I believe was the same guy that uh, that arrested you. Uh, he he's just this old. Most of them are older, but this is one of the older of the the. Crew of bailiffs and he comes up to me and says you need to leave you need to get out of this hallway and i said well wait a minute i'm i'm here to support my friend you need to leave now and so i didn't you know i'm out on uh i wasn't out on bail at that point because my charges have been dropped but actually we haven't mentioned that yet either but i still am out on a suspended sentence and so i feel like i gotta kind of walk on eggshells so I, i pulled the dave ridley now when dave ridley from ridleyreport.com is told to leave somewhere (laughs) <laughs> the way he does it is he faces the person who's talking to him, the enforcer, whoever it is, and slowly begins backing out of the area. So technically, he's leaving. He's right. doing as he was told to do, but he's not doing it in a fast manner, and he's certainly not doing what they had intended for him you, to do. They want him to pull a 180 yeah. and just march Did you begin out of there. Videotaping him at that point. Oh God, I wanted to, Mark, but the camera was in my bag, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to push it. I really would have loved to have done that. Uh, Did you ask him what charge he was going to? Uh, are you threatening to arrest me? Under what charge? It would probably be disorderly conduct or something uh, well, like that. It's always they yeah. just they just make it up after the arrest. But I was basically I was walking slowly. But that's why you ask him ahead of time. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I want you to commit to this, little man. Yeah. I, I was walking slowly backwards, and that really pissed them off. Uh, he got very angry, and one of his associates, uh, the other bailiff that was there, also got very angry. And uh, and so I'm slowly walking back, and they were upset that I wasn't going fast enough, and and I didn't I didn't pick up my pace at all. I just slowly walked back out into the lobby where I then stood in the lobby. And at that point one of them gets right up in my face and tells me, you need to leave. You have no business here. And I said, excuse me. I'm not going anywhere. That's my friend down the hall. And I'm, public court. I'm going to be standing here until he's done. So you don't I, mean, have business I did back here. out somewhat, but all that said these people are out of control. Oh, you think that's out of control? Wait, wait till we found the story about them uh, kicking some gal in the the gut and oh, the uh, aborting Davis. a child. Oh, it's horrible. Free Talk Live, 855-450 free. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Carnation Breakfast Essentials, helping your family get off to a nutritious start every day. Mornings can be chaotic, but a little advance work will take the pressure off. The night before, organize backpacks and put them at the door, along with anything else that your kids need for the day. Set a timer for five minutes before departure to give everyone a chance to mobilize, and off you go. 
For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. That's the sequel toll-free call-in line here on the live Tuesday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Derek J. And Ian. You can call us up at 855-450-FREE. So, I have uh, teased this story from, well, unicornbooty.com. <laughs> that, um, it's posted by uh, Kevin Farrell in the uh, bad news section. It was 84-year-old Dorley Rainey who was catapulted into national fame after police cavalierly pepper-sprayed and beat Occupy Seattle protesters on November the 15th. But a look back at the headlines from the following morning reveal the other questionable targets in the uh, receiving end of the police brutality that evening. I saw the video of this, and it's horrible. We're talking about the UC Davis situation. Where uh, there, there have been all kinds of, if you've been on the internet for the past um, few days, you've probably seen some of the photoshops. UC Davis, this is <laughs> Occupy Seattle. Oh, is this Occupy Seattle? I'm sorry, I thought this was a story about UC Davis. I don't think so. That's not the impression that I have. The Seattle PI um, examiner, is that what they call it, led the uh, news cycle with pregnant teen, comma, elderly woman among pepper sprayed. Well, Last night, the stranger reported that a 19-year-old Jennifer Fox, the pregnant woman in these headlines, had suffered a miscarriage. Well, pepper spraying is so ubiqu- ubiquitous now. I'm, I'm sure it's easy to get confused. Right. There's, there's so much police, going on. Yeah. There's so much police violence. It's hard to keep track of it UC all. UC Davis students are calling for the resignation of the, uh, the the police chief there over this, too. So, you know, I hope that that I hope they have some kind of luck. I think that this is absolutely despicable. Isn't this what the students are supposed to do? I mean, frankly, aren't the students supposed to be on the leading edge of, uh, you know, new thought? Yeah, I would think so. They're supposed to be the, you know, jazzed up political protesters. That's yeah. like the, the classic role, especially for people on the West Coast, right? Jennifer Fox's physician said a kick to the stomach she received from a police officer along with a devastating reaction to pepper spray is to blame. God. Um, here's the quote. Here's, I was standing in the middle of the crowd when the police started moving in. She says, I was screaming, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, let me through, I am trying to get out. At that point, Fox continues, a Seattle police officer lifted his foot and <gasps> and, um, and it hit her in the stomach. Another officer pushed his bicycle into the crowd, again hitting Fox in the stomach. Ugh. Right before I turned, both cops lifted their pepper spray and sprayed me. My eyes puffed up and my eyes swelled shut. Uh, Fox asked for medical attention, the now famous photo of uh, Josh, this guy, of uh, her being carried to the ambulance is there. This is a, a citizen, uh, you know, individual carrying her where the you know cops could care less what happened, oh. as you can imagine. Uh, she was rushed to Harborview Medical Center, she says, and the doctors performed an ultrasound and said that they didn't see anything wrong with the baby at the time. Fox says she had also seen a physician at Harborview for prenatal care about five weeks before. Everything was going un- okay until yesterday when I started getting sick, cramps started, and I felt like I was going to pass out, Fox said. A friend called for an ambulance and... Um, Near the community college campus, Fox says that she had been camping with Occupy Seattle since it was uh, first began at the Westlake Park. She's homeless and says, I don't have a place. This is the place I call home. When she arrived at Harborview at 11 a.m., she says a doctor told her that there's no heartbeat from the baby. Oh, geez. They diagnosed that I was having a miscarriage, and they said the damage was from the kick and the pepper spray got to it, the fetus, too. 
video immediately following the police violence in Seattle of Jennifer uh, writhing in pain had also been posted on YouTube. And it's extremely disturbing, especially knowing that she's going to lose her baby later on. The uh, my public subscribers, this is the the gentleman writing the article here, uh, know that I've been sickened by the way Seattle's police and mayor have handled this protest. The morning after the attack on these peaceful protesters, I wrote that I was ashamed of my city. It looks like today won't be any different. Seattle Police Sergeant. This Sean is the Whitcomb. same place uh, where a gentleman was shot to death by a Seattle police officer for whittling wood. Oh, <laughs> happened, no. Yeah, he was listening to his iPod or MP3 player and also is partially deaf. So when the police officer who had pulled up on the side of the road to harass the man uh, was unable to initiate a communication with him because he was deaf and couldn't hear what was being shouted at him, uh, you, want, you want to talk about six seconds. I think it was about six seconds before this cop uh, sh- just shot this man to death for yeah. no reason whatsoever. The deaf guy with uh, ear, partially deaf with uh, an iPod ear uh, plugs in. Yep. So these violent criminals with, with guns... Killed an unborn baby, pepper spray an innocent woman, and shoot a, a man for whittling wood. These these criminals just wear badges. Don't worry, the Office of Professional Accountability is investigating, Derek. Oh, they're sure. going to investigate themselves. That'll change everything. I wonder what they'll find. As Seattle Police Sergeant Sean Whitcomb. We are aware of a claim that the pregnant woman was attended the November 15th Occupy Seattle March has been treated for miscarriage. We are also aware that she was uh, has attributed the miscarriage to the use of pepper spray. Not her, her doctor. Um, and the physical contact by police, uh, Seattle police officers. No formal complaint has been made. Consistent with standard procedure, the Office of Professional Accountability has initiated an internal investigation to look at the matter. The OPA investigators will actively be searching for any information that will support this claim. I heard they're investigating the UC Davis situation as well, which for those that haven't seen the video is where there were a bunch of, I guess, college students. I don't know. Was that Mm -hmm. even an Occupy thing or was it something completely different? I'm not even sure what the details were on that. But uh, they were, thing. yeah, were I think it was an Occupy thing, but it was just a college-wide uh, Occupy Occupy thing. It wasn't like all of Berkeley, right? So you know, you're supposed to be at a college. They're supposed to have more tolerance for protests and and free speech. You would and think there'd like be that. training for it. Like, hey, officers, you know, protests are pretty common around here. Yeah. So if you see one, you know, leave it alone. Let, let the kids just sit there and do their protest thing. But sitting. instead, he right, he comes up and just lets loose with this pepper spray, and now it's all over the internet. This cop, uh, yeah. uh, was it Jake? Somebody. Anyway, he's uh, somebody posted up his personal information on Pike. Facebook today. Pike, Jake Pike, I think Pike or Jack Pike or something like that. He thought that was the right thing to do to he, just go up to a group of people sitting there and spray them with pepper spray. All of them. I mean, just walking back and forth and just, just, I mean, just white, like as as much pepper spray as you can imagine. From what I heard, actually, if it was Ben uh, who called earlier, he called a local show and he posted his clip of his call to that local show, explaining that this cop was using. Uh, pepper spray that was essentially riot grade, meaning that you're supposed to spray it from 15, 20 feet away from a huge crowd of angry, rioting, you know, dangerous people. And he's literally two to three, maybe four feet away from these college kids mm-hmm. and just spraying them full bore right in the face. Yeah. It's just crazy. And uh, they've got all these uh, photoshops you know, up now. It's these, it's the guys that get the press. I mean, like maybe this guy, he's on pay, paid administrative leave or whatever right now. Um, Sweet. But- so he gets a paid vacation. Yeah, he gets a paid vacation.
situation. He may or may not come back. You know, we see sometimes, sometimes, it's not common, but it does happen. These cops will get reprimands. But it's, you know, if he's the 1% at the very top, there are, you know, there's a large percentage of cops that are acting you know, not quite, they don't get caught and they right. don't act quite as bad that are still just stepping way outside of the law. They're not caught on video, so therefore it might as well didn't happen. Well, I mean, and if, that's. Yeah, if they don't get caught on was, video, it didn't happen. Even if it did get caught on video, when they internally investigate themselves, they somehow always forget to watch the video that covered the entire event. Or they'll, they'll just like, oh, say, oh, we didn't see that. I, I don't know about that video. Or even if they watch the video, they'll just say, well, he was within the department's boundaries, so it's it's all okay. And by the way, it's John Pike. And he's now his own meme on the internet with uh, him showing up in famous photos and things like that. Spring, uh, it spring. would be hilarious if it, if it weren't so just depressing that he was. It is horrible. Just trampling all over these people, actually causing them pain when they had done nothing to him. My favorite one is uh, the one where he's spraying the de- where they're signing the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> and he's just pepper spraying all over the Declaration of Independence. Uh, they have somebody had him uh, spraying uh, burning Buddhist monks uh, that were protesting the Viet- Vietnam War. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to compare these UC Davis uh, students to people yeah. who are as uh, committed as, uh, you know, people setting themselves on fire or perhaps. No, uh, but they're pretty committed. I mean, that's a pretty. To, just to go and put yourself in a protest like that means you are risking being pepper sprayed yeah, and sure. being arrested and kicked in the stomach and, and miscarrying and possibly uh-huh. possible death. Oh, geez. So awful what but, happened to this you know, woman. We've talked about the problem, though. I think most uh, people would agree that pepper spraying sitting men and women is, is a problem. Um, and the people who get away with that is e- an even bigger problem. But talking solutions, mm. I would like to see a, a privatized uh, police force, one that had more accountability that people could call up and say, I'm yanking my money from this group. I don't want to see anything like that going on. I don't feel safe walking down the street well, with that security firm. We've got a story just like that, yeah, though, don't we? I've, I've got oh. some concerns with that, Derek, because the term privatization to me brings up the idea that they'll still be the government approved monopoly and that you'll still be forced to pay for their services whether you like them or not and i don't know if that's an improvement or not on the the government monopoly service i i wonder about the accountability let's aspect. talk about let's that. talk Come about out. it yeah. yeah 855 453 you can give us a call tell us what your opinion is 855-450-3733 here on free talk live Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. You can give us a call. 
855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. Derek J. And Ian. And you can bring up anything you want. That's right. Uh, you can uh, also go to freetalklive.com where we have uh, you know a fully interactive website. You can post uh, blog posts, videos, news stories. People can vote your submissions up, uh, vote them down. You can do the same with others. It's freetalklive.com. So, Derek, at the end of the last segment, you were uh, talking about the idea of a a police force that was privatized as opposed to a public police force. And I'm interested in uh, this. You've got a story that where I guess somebody's trying this someplace, and I'm kind of interested in what uh, the specifics are, because I think the devil is in the details on this issue. That's right. Yeah, there's there's a lot to discuss on this one, uh, whether or not it would be better or worse for individual liberties and things like that. But Basically, the story is that a Minnesota town uh, is going to replace the police uh, with a private security force. And this comes from usatoday.com. Now, the organization that they're using is called the General Security Services Corp, or GSSC. So the town is fully Minnesota, and they disbanded their police department in 2003 due to budget cuts, um, but then contracted with... Benton County Sheriff's Office to have three deputies patrol the area for 17 hours a day. That costs $25,000 a month. Now, starting in January, Fully Minnesota will contract out to GSSC for 24 hours of service um, per day for $16,000 a month. Savings of... 30 percent and 15 percent more service that's a big savings yeah and you get more service so i i mean i i think it's really wonderful that state and county officials say one really has to wonder you know when you're talking a small town what kind of policing do you really need well the town has 2600 people that's small so it's really small it's it's like a rural area of of minnesota even for minnesota standards this is an optimistic gas station Hmm. (laughs) right Right. It's, so, an app, it's a gas station calling itself a town. <laughs> There's a small collection of businesses around the gas station, and they call that the town of Foley. Right. And and so how I'm thinking of this is like if they do have a security force at all, it's it's costing the, the county or the state a, a lot more money than Foley is probably worth with only 2,600 people. So I, I think it's a good good uh, call to save some money on this service. The the state and county officials say they have questions about how the security officers will operate and what the impact will I'll be. I'll bet they do, yeah. Well, yeah, because they're used to having a monopoly on force, and now they're, they're saying, oh, but people won't be able to get away with all the things we do. Um, so um, on October 25th, um, the Minnesota Attorney General, Lori Swanson, she sent a, a letter out warning that the city is opening itself up to financial exposure. And she, she cited the potential for lawsuits for false imprisonment as one example. And she wrote this, private security employees may carry a firearm but can only use it in self-defense, which right, I think I'm sold. is awesome. Yeah, I'm sold. Isn't that totally I, awesome? Yeah, I think that's great. In fact, right. it goes on. I've got the same piece here. They don't have the authority to make arrests other than citizens' arrests. They can't pursue fleeing suspects, make DWI arrests, or even traffic stops. I'm sold. I this know, is great it's idea. awesome. Right. And but, it saves them money. Which is, which is why the attorney genital is speaking out against it, because the attorney genital in any state <laughs> is basically the top cop. Yeah. Uh, so she's saying, well, this is bad for our monopoly. We really need to have more police, uh, government police around. She wants so, to keep her cozy job where she's not held accountable. In towns like this, I know I live in one, the main call is for do- is dog calls. 
Oh, okay. there's some dog on the loose. Well, there's a dog. Like he's eating my chickens. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> it happens all the time. You figure I'm in sure. rural areas where people have large uh, farmland, they're not thinking about fencing Rover in, mm-hmm. and the Rover begins to as Rover gets older, ranges farther and wider, and then uh, he, <laughs> he he meets uh, the female dog down the road, and you know, I mean, they 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 get farther and farther. There's a dog. I don't understand why it is every Friday comes to my house. Wow. It is a Springer like Spaniel clockwork, huh? every Friday. Boing! There wow. it is. Runs he- through the yard and, you know, disturbs things and uh, off it goes. Huh. I have no idea why, whose it is or why. And, but it's it, Friday play date. Must be visiting somebody somewhere. Uh, but, you know, most of them are dog calls. And so you're dealing with neighbors that have property line disputes and things like that. These are things that you don't need a cop specifically for. Look, I could do a dog call. Hey, Joe, your dog is going to Ralph's house. It's eating some of his chickens. Yeah. Ralph's not happy about it. I don't I can't speak for Ralph, Joe. But I know what's going to happen. I'm going to guess what's going to happen to your dog if he goes over to Ralph's house again. <laughs> I right. think Ralph's going to shoot him. And you know what? He's going to be completely within the law to shoot your dog on his property. And you're not going to be able to do anything about it. So I don't want to hear any crying and moaning when you find out your dog's been shot. All right, Joe? I mean, that's right. the Right, and how hard was call. that? How hard was that? That's I mean, it. I think this story is particularly awesome because it gives people without imaginations um, a scenario in reality where they can look to mm. and see alternative protection services. You sure. know, like, I'm from Jersey, and people can't picture a private trash collection service where I'm from. You know, what will people do if, if they uh, the people who call themselves the government don't provide the people with the, a service i mean it'll be it's always pro- been that way <laughs> well obviously it'll be provided by other people who will negotiate for uh with you for a voluntary exchange well, of value apparently it's not that obvious because well, people have a real tough time if there's a burglary going on these guys can can get over there and they can handle the burglary they don't need to arrest the person per se they can just hold them till the cops come and that's essentially what a citizen's arrest amounts to you know handling somebody until the cops Come. So that's that. Well, let's go to Frank in New York. We've got a call in on this particular topic, so I want to hear what Frank has to say. Frank, uh, good evening, day. and I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Enjoy the holiday. Oh, we'll be live. I just want to point that out. Free Talk Live will we'll be here for your Thanksgiving. Well, hopefully, you'll have some turkey and some uh, mashed potatoes and Certainly. gravy. Mm, and hopefully, we'll be just as thankful as we and... are any other day. I've heard there's going to be uh, multiple activist Thanksgivings up here in New Hampshire. I think it's important Good. to point out that uh, the Free State Project is a community uh, of, of people that become friends and even family, I think, in, in many ways. And so there are usually different activist Thanksgiving dinners where people who may not have immediate family in the area can go and come together on a Thanksgiving holiday. And I know that's I think happening. that's admirable, yeah. highly admirable. And uh, it builds a sense of community beyond, you know, the day-to-day uh, dreary activities of activism. You know? So we're so so just meeting kind of in courtrooms. Nice yeah, exactly. Change. So your yeah, thoughts, listen, uh, Frank, wanted, police? Oh, I'm sorry. Listen, I know you guys don't have much time, so I'll be real brief. I want to disagree on the notion of a private police force, because ultimately a private police force uh, becomes sort of a law to itself and represents those who... Uh, pay the money, whether it's a corporation with the private police force, such as Wagon Hunt that goes out for corporations and also franchises uh, on a contract basis, uh, taking care of communities, uh, let's say, that don't have the means to have their own 
uh, you know, police force and things. Uh, what, what I'm concerned about is this. When you have a government that's supposed to, and I use the word supposed to very carefully, represent the people, you know, there's certain re- responsibilities and obligations that police force has. Now, we know that, that many police forces are corrupt. So that being said, I just want to say that when you have a legal check and balance with the government police force, um, you know, that does provide some protection, but when it goes completely private, he who pays the bill will be dominant, and the special interests will, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, be catered to, and the will of the people will disappear, and also the notion of consent decrees. Hold on, bad, hold on. How, how is that any different from what's going on today? Because right well, now, the police well, departments what, are funded by the city of fill-in-the-blank, and they're the ones that get protected. They're the ones that the police are out there helping. They're correct, helping there fund is a judicial, the city. There is a judicial administrative legal procedure that can actually abrogate their power and find them and hold them in criminal But it doesn't happen. happen. And that happens with the consent decree when the Department of Justice, there was a case in the 1990s where the Pittsburgh police force were notoriously racist and violent and they violated the civil rights of many African Americans. Now let me finish though. The the, the Justice Department imposed uh, a consent decree on the city of Pittsburgh for about six years and that happened when Bill Clinton was in the White House. All right, Frank, hold the line. I want to talk to you about this just a little bit more, if you could, please. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453, SACL toll-free call in line, you can call in, take control of the airwaves, Talk Live, 855-453, and uh, we asked Frank to hold through, and he, uh, well, I guess he had to go, I don't know, I have no explanation, but he, he isn't there any longer, he has concerns about the private police Model. I have some concerns as well, and we should get back into that here yeah, in a I moment. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about the Free State Project's Liberty Forum coming up the 23rd through the 26th. It is going to be a blast, and I'm looking forward to it. It's happening at the Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel, same place as it's been the last four times. And Free Talk Live has been there every single time broadcasting live. We will be back, and other folks will be there as well. Great liberty-minded people, hundreds of them will be in attendance, likely. And uh, from what I understand, the uh, the signups are going very well thus far. So they're they're well on track from what I hear, to be the biggest Liberty Forum of all time. Woohoo! And, it, yeah, it's going to be great. And it's just, you know, imagine yourself in a hotel in the middle of winter in, uh, in New Hampshire. Imagine yourself in, the middle, in a hotel for the weekend, Thursday through Sunday. You can, of course, if you can't, can't make it till Saturday, come up then anyway. It's, it's still worth it, even if you can just stay for one night. Uh, but uh, imagine yourself hanging out with hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people 
and just having a good time. You, you're you're seeing panel discussions. You're participating in uh, their speeches. Uh, there's luncheons and banquet dinners, keynote uh, speeches, late night parties. Um, you know, mixers. It's just a great time and a great opportunity to network with people who could be your friends and neighbors for the rest of your life. Because the Free State Project is putting this on, and that's a m- movement of twenty thousand uh, people that are planning to. Well, we don't have twenty thousand yet. We've got over eleven thousand, but. We want to get to 20,000, 20,000 people who will move all to the same place in order to get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And so this is one of two events that the Free State Project puts on every single year to give you the opportunity to get a feel for what it's actually like to live amongst a community of other like-minded people. So don't miss your opportunity. You'll also get to see some great speakers uh, from John Lott, from More Guns, Less Crime, to Michael Cloud, to uh, Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center, Jack Spurko from the Survival Podcast, uh, Angela Dills. Uh, there are so many people and, that, and uh, new faces. I don't know a lot of these names, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they have to say. And I'm also looking forward to seeing people that I, uh, that I do know and folks that I've never had a chance to meet, like Jody Emery, who we've had on this program and we'll be having on this uh, this coming Saturday night, if all goes as planned, to update us on her husband Mark, who is sitting in a federal prison cell and is on a five-year sentence for selling marijuana seeds on the internet. Uh, so we will uh, be hearing from all those wonderful people and more who've yet to be announced. It's going to be a blast, and I highly recommend you show up if you love freedom, that is, and if you're considering a move to New Hampshire. FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum, or if you just want to have a good time with some other liberty-minded people, FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum. Use our discount code FTL2012, and you'll get an extra 10% off the already low early bird rates. That's discount code FTL2012. Also, check out shop.freetalklive.com. If you're going to do any online shopping, um, you know that's the place to go. Uh, you, you, you've used Amazon probably many times. Well, just go through shop.freetalklive.com. You'll get the same stuff that you normally get from Amazon, and Free Talk Live will get a little spiff. Same great prices, same great Amazon service at shop.freetalklive.com. Well, Frank was talking about how the police force, if they're you know, privatized, then they're just going to represent the people who pay the money. And I, I think that was a lot of people's concern. It's like, who are they really going to represent? How are well, they going to be held accountable? If the town is paying them the money, and that's what it sounds like in this case, mm-hmm. how is that different than the cops? Well, it who are they going to represent? Or, or, um, you know, represent? It, well, it doesn't sound terribly different to me, but I think the the point he was getting at is, you know, would would uh, someone be against a, a private police force if you could yank your financial support and put it somewhere else? I think that that might be a, well, that would be ideal, an even that further liberty ideal. option. Yeah, but and we're, but we're not talking about an ideal world here, and and I have some questions. And in this case, the private police force doesn't have arrest powers in the same way that police officers do. All they can do is make the quote unquote citizens arrest, citizens arrest, which right. um, can only be enacted when somebody has been harmed and a tort has occurred, as I understand it. So no more searching people's cars for drugs, right? So, Which is know, totally awesome. No more speeding these, tickets. No, they can't do these high-speed no chases. No more DUI checkpoints where they're just pulling people over randomly saying, 
you know, you're my subject and you have to mm-hmm. submit to if this the state drug police, test. If the state police want to give speeding tickets in that town, they can come by and give out speeding tickets. That's not what the purpose of this private police force is. Um, you know, I mean, they, they don't have the power to give out speeding tickets and that's not what their job is. They can likely stand out there and slow people down in their spare time by putting their hand down or whatever. Oh, I'm telling you, people will slow down if they see that. If they see somebody who looks is in a, a semi-cop uniform with a gun on their hip going slow down, they're going to do that. They'll right. absolutely slow right down. No, I, I wouldn't call them police, I guess. They're, they're a private uh, security, security yeah. firm, sure. right? So this security force will respond to emergencies. I think that's going to be... You know the bulk of what they do, in, and they'll in like their time. like like private security force in a neighborhood, for instance, will likely patrol the streets as well, and uh, and you know do kind of active uh, patrolling. I, you know, I was skeptical. I still am to some extent, uh, just because. Well, let's I talk always... about some of the things that could go wrong in a potential situation, because there are bad privatization situations. I think that a great example is private prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, those, the, although you can show that private prisons tend. To be nicer than uh, the state-run Is prisons, true? Uh, it's, it's a tendency. Okay, um, they have they have some skewed uh, incentives in that they want to keep inmates in longer and things like mm-hmm. that. They want to keep them past their sentence dates or, or whatever. Um, so you've got some problems there with the private system um, when it comes to to prisoners and and that kind of thing. So. You know there there are there are opportunities when you when the government gives a monopoly to one organization there's opportunities for corruption. In this case, I don't see how considering these are essentially civilians with guns. Right, and I think that they would be even more unlikely to incur potential lawsuits by imprisoning peaceful people because you know if if they cross the line. The they regular citizens are, are going to be able to hold that person accountable or that firm accountable. So they're, they're going to have training in not violating people's rights, whereas they, the police, they don't even give a thought to that. They don't have they, qualified immunity like the police do. Mm, that's right. So um, it's the, this is one of the big steps down the road to government accountability, which is to wrest from the government agencies this qualified immunity from the individuals who can walk along and pepper spray pregnant women and 84-year-old women in the face who are sitting on a sidewalk – you can't do that. A private security agent would never have go- gotten away with that. Hell no. And if they had to take the stand, it's not like the judge is going to say, okay, well, this person, maybe it was wrong. I don't know, but he wears a badge and a gun. He's part of my team, and I'm just going to protect him. Hell no. That's not going to happen anymore. Not in this town. That's because, a great point. Yeah, that when they take the stand, they're just some guy, they're just some witness. They're not special. You know, so and they probably don't get the other perks. I mean, you mentioned they don't have the qualified immunity, but they also probably don't get pensions either. So, I mean, what they're they paying is just the salary. Yeah. Well, that's why they don't cost nearly as much. I mean, yeah. the, the, the savings was, they said, 30%. It sounded like a higher number than that to me. It was uh, from $25,000 a month down to 16000 Down to sixteen, yeah. Uh, so it's they, a little more than 30%. They likely won't have the 10-year factor either, where once you're in, once you get past that first year-long period where they're on the trial period, and then, then you can't fight. I mean, like, it's almost impossible to get rid of Free Talk Live, 855-450 free. Tell us some of the disadvantages. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com.
Talk Live, 855-453. Sacred toll-free call in line here at the live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. Derek J. And Ian. 855-450-FREE. If you're unable to own a firearm due to local laws or other reasons, an air gun might be a great substitute. And there are plenty of other reasons you might want to own an air gun. Training a child in firearms? Varmint control? Maybe a little cheap, quiet indoor target practice during those long winter months? I recently got a 50 caliber air rifle that can bring down a deer from Pyramid Air. They're the world's largest online air gun retailer. In business since 1993 and with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, their experts can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. They did it with me. You can get 10% off or free shipping, whichever's more, with coupon code FTL11. Please go now and view the amazing Dragon Claw. That's what I got. It's an air, at airgun.freetalklive.com. Peruse the website after that. See the other air guns and accessories they've got there, the exhaustive array of accessories. It's airgun.freetalklive.com. And if you don't have the interwebs, 855-262-4867. You don't need the Internet. It's just a fad. 888. Did I say 855 before? (laughs) I might have. 888-262-4867. So we've been talking about the uh, the private police force that uh, Minnesota town of Foley is instituting. And Derek, you were giving us uh, some details. Frank called in with some concerns. And I was concerned initially, but I have to say that I'm, I'm pretty much sold on the idea at this point. I mean, obviously, I don't. I wouldn't stop there. I would support right. going all the way, and that is abolishing any idea of a centralized uh, police force that's forced upon everybody and, and then move to decentralization where each individual decides what level of protection services that they want for themselves. Maybe they would be satisfied with uh, you know, a handgun and uh, you know, some good locks on their front door, and maybe somebody else wants 24-hour patrols around their neighborhood. I mean, sure, right. different people could, could have different levels of service if we allowed the marketplace to provide it. But in the absence of that being on the table, and it's certainly not on the table in most places at this point, we've got a ways to go, I think, before we get the public conversation to that point. In the absence of that being on the table, this private police force idea sounds so great. I mean, you don't have to deal with the police having the ability to enforce a lot of the laws that they currently enforce, like traffic uh, fines. They probably can't enforce drug uh, drug enforcement. Uh, Open there was, containers. Oh, right, all of that stuff. Uh, they, they would really only be able to respond to complaints. And I would imagine they'd also be able to respond to, like, a traffic accident where, you know, where the police can actually be helpful and c- kind of clean up a mess or uh, help People a lady. People need those little pink pieces of paper from them uh, in order to, you know, get in, uh, claims from their insurance company and stuff too and and, you know help a lady who's broken down on the side of the road you know help her put a tire on these are the kinds of things that that i would like to see a a police force doing uh ultimately and if they're not focusing on busting drugs if they're not focusing on speeders and they're not focusing on other things that don't actually have a victim then they're going to have more time to actually help people they're going to be serving the public my only concern is that this has isn't happening in more places yeah i mean gosh it's a money saver it's it's a time saver for the public who's paying for it and i mean you you mentioned ideally this would move on to to an even more uh free society sort of framework like in my ideal world an individual would contract with one of these organizations for personal protection and 
you could or neighborhood do such a thing. But in, I would stay the hell away from neighborhoods which I knew to be inadequately protected. You know, I think that would be a, a nice thing. You would know what level of protection the area you're in has. And if you're in a bad one, you can carry a defensive weapon. If you're in a bad one, you can uh, you know, contract with, with, with a security agency to keep your house safe. Right. Depending on how safe right. you want it. I mean, it... You know, when I lived in uh, in town, I rarely saw when I lived in Sarasota, Florida, I'd always I always I like called I like roads with cul-de-sacs. Dead ends. Who doesn't? And uh, it's because my big fat cat liked to used to, used to like to roam and I wanted to to d- diminish the amount of cars that would be going down the road. Right. Um and the speed at which they would be going. So, I would never see cops coming down my street. I wasn't right. getting the kind of service that, uh, uh, quote unquote, that other people were getting on their streets because the cops might actually go down their street. Well, I, I can tell you the the incentives would definitely change for these types of uh, cops because I know from my experience in Philadelphia that the cops always stayed out of bad neighborhoods because they might get They're shot. They're scared. Yeah, they, they don't want to go to those places. So they would just always hang out in safe places where they were never needed or wanted and just hand out tickets left and right, right. to a nonviolent Offenders go after the speeders. They're more likely to pay. I mean, they're not going to get any money out of uh, the poor people in the poor neighborhoods. Right. So go after the middle class uh, speeders. Yeah, anyone in a fancy car, pull them over. So the reason this is happening is, and the reason it's not happening in more places is because the police are entrenched. I mean, they have uh, they have this kind of PR around them that we need the police. They're our heroes, and so there's this kind of first responders, uh, right? They're uh, you know they got this halo that uh, that they wear, and the media just sla- you know they they just drool all over the police, and everybody loves the police except for anybody that's ever actually had to deal <laughs> with them. And uh, now more and more people are having to deal with them because. We have well, so many people in jail. The police have generally been pretty good. Um, you know, I mean, all in all, I haven't been treated poorly. Knowing what it is that they do, uh, you know, they do. Well, you've lucked out because plenty of people have been treated poorly. Sure. They've been arrested. They've been uh, taken into and put in cages because they haven't harmed anybody. My point being, around the country, there's a lot of reverence for the, you know, this kind of institution of the police. So you have to get past that. And what allowed them to get past it in Foley is that it just came down to money. I mean, at some point it was just they didn't they didn't have the money to handle this government police force. And so they had to find another solution. They were essentially forced by the financial predicament they were in to find another solution. So this maybe happens we... to small, small towns all over America. I, police forces are extraordinarily expensive mm-hmm. things. They do not bring money in. No, and they they can be totally crippling uh, with all the extra expenditures that they might incur by pulling over innocent people and those innocent people taking their uh, offenses to court, right? They're they're saying, hey, I didn't hurt anybody and now I'm going to waste a bunch of your time and money um, just clogging up the legal system fighting it. Well, unfortunately, we don't see that happening very much, but it's something that should happen. Yeah, it could happen everywhere and it would, you know, quickly uh, make the city run out of money so that they would be forced into making a decision like this. I was at a city council meeting tonight and afterwards was talking with a couple of former councillors. They're not currently, uh, but a couple former counselors, and one of them commented that he had seen my video that you put together, Derek, of me going to uh, court over a parking ticket, and he, hadn't, he, was, he was amused by it. He thought it was very interesting. Uh, and so they complimented me on some of the other uh, things that uh, that have been going on here. Of course, the inevitable, well, I don't agree with all your tactics line came out. Oh, sure. But, but
but he also said one of the was two of them, and one of them also said that he appreciates the fact that I'm involved and that I care and that I'm doing something. Uh, whether or not he agrees with everything that uh, that I've done is another issue. But people going to court and taking these things to trial is a good way to really you know gum up the system, and more people need to do that. Which is why I do it so I can show an example to others. Say, look, you know, if I can do this. Anybody can do this. I wonder where that's coming from, coming from a council person. I mean, they are the establishment. It, I, it's hard for me to believe that they would want any change in the status quo. You said they were a former council person, but but even still. These are people who spent about 15 years on the city council. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they are in, they've been in charge of the status quo. It's, I, I can't imagine and what did they change? change. Right, what did, what did they change while they were in there? That's true. I mean, I'm not going to hold, I wasn't there to hold their feet to the fire. And, of course, somebody's going to likely behave differently outside of a seat of power than they will actually oh, yeah. in, that, in that seat of power. But nonetheless, if you're dealing with a, a small town and, and Keene, New Hampshire is a relatively small place. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big a small city. It's big on the scale of towns. It's small on the scale of cities. Uh, this is a place where you can connect with these people on a much easier basis than you could, say, New York City or or someplace like sure. that. Well, it's good that you can interact with them. And I have to imagine they're not all just power mongers. I'm sure some of the people who joined city council and other city governments got involved because they wanted to see things change. Because they care. Yeah. They do care. And so they see that in you and in other activists as well. Yeah, I, actually, I was invited out for uh, drinks with them tonight, but I told them I had to go back to the right. radio show. You could have been rubbing elbows with the big wigs here in Keene. I could have, Mark, but Ugh. I care about you guys. Well, yeah, instead, your your um, your voice is being heard by tens of thousands of people around America, which I'd say is more important. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's a sacral toll-free call in line. We probably could still squeeze your call in, 855-450-3733. Ian, tell folks about the AMP program. Sure. You can become a Free Talk Live amplifier. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. We take three bucks a month from any major credit card or PayPal, and we reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board. In fact, uh, WPBQ in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, has uh, just recently added our Sunday show with Mark and Stephanie, which is great news. And so the AMP program allows us to market Free Talk Live to the radio industry and online as well. We do Google ad, uh, AdWords and Facebook uh, advertising as well to get the word out online about Free Talk Live to spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So you can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up there. You get perks like access to the AMP only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board. Crypto exchange is the fastest and safest way to buy and sell bitcoins you've heard about them we've been talking about them for a long time but you know obtaining them might have been tricky up till now they also offer a complete bullion store so you can buy gold and silver privately with bitcoin and if you're totally clueless about the bitcoin currency they've got 24-hour customer service just visit their site and click on the live support link at the top 
See the crypto exchange banner posted at uh, bitcoin.freetalklive.com. It's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Ian, so you have a uh, – you had a case pending here that uh, has been dropped recently. Yeah, I, I meant to – we've had a chance to really talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we were so busy with other things. I meant to bring it up last week, and I just I hadn't had a chance to slip it in. The uh, the story about the uh, last year when I was arrested uh, with Sam Dodson and another activist in the area uh, was arrested at the city council meeting for the what was what we called the drinking game. Uh, those charges have finally been dropped. It's been over a year in you know this legal process of going to trial and uh, basically what happened for those that weren't perhaps tuned in at that time. If you go to freekeen.com and search for drinking game and scroll back through the various different stories about the drinking game, you'll end up finding the first one. It's got a big picture of a a, a beer bottle on it or a brown bottle that's got a label on it that says not a beer. Now, the word (laughs) beer is very large, not a not so large. And so the idea and this was all Sam's idea and I thought it was great, which is why I took the night off from from Free Talk Live to go and do this with him uh, was to try to. On one hand, pro, uh, protest the open container ordinance because this had happened after our friend Heike was arrested in the park for drinking a beer where I spent 58 days in jail not too long ago for standing in front of the police car while she was being arrested. Right. So she had tried to uh, put in a like a uh, and, you know, I don't remember what happened when, but it was after her arrest that she decided to try to go through the system to put in some sort of a notice to the city council of, hey, let's propose a rule change. Let's let's get rid of this open container ordinance. They basically had a public hearing about that and put it on the table and did nothing. So even though all the logic was on our side, all the good points were on the side of the, the liberty activists and the only people that came out to testify in favor of the, the drinking or the open container ordinance was pretty much the cops. Uh, so even though all the logic was on our side, they basically decided we're not going to make a decision on this. We'll just put it on the table and never talk about it again. So wow. that was that. Uh, so much for using the system, at least in that way. So I decided or, or Sam and I came up with this. Sam came up with the drinking game and I decided to go along with it. Because I thought it was brilliant. It uh, gave people the incentive to get involved in the city council meetings because they are boring. Oh, they're so boring. I don't know if you've ever been to one of these things, but it doesn't matter whether we're talking about Keene, New Hampshire or Philadelphia or, you know, where you live. You just go to one. You'll find out how boring they are. Try going to a city council meeting and you will, if you haven't committed seppuku by the end of the meeting, (laughs) uh, you have just, you've got an iron will. If your bowels are still in place. Yeah. And so it's, they're horrible. And so the idea was to make it a little more fun by bringing a, you know, a drinking game into it. And so Sam had come up with different rules. So one of the rules was whenever the city council votes unanimously on something, you take a drink. Uh, and, you know, there was like seven or eight different. <laughs> whenever was, they say master plan. Right. Whenever they say master plan, there were other ones as well. So, you know, different rules where you would take a drink. And the idea was we were going to go in with brown bottles that could be filled with alcohol or might be filled with water to just kind of throw them off a little bit. Uh, Sam and I, our bottles were filled with water and they said not they a said beer. not a beer on them and the man who calls himself the mayor interrupts his own meeting 10 minutes into the meeting we're silently enjoying ourselves and drink you know playing this drinking game he interrupts the meeting correct there was no interruption on our part it's not like we were clinking glasses right. or you know making any kind of Woo! ruckus yeah there was no la- you know speaking or anything like that we're just silently enjoying a beverage at a city council meeting which the councilors some of them have their own bottled beverages there so it's not it's the color un- and shape of their bottle though right it's not un- 
uncommon that there are people drinking in the council meetings, just that ours were brown bottles. And so the man who calls himself the mayor interrupts his own meeting to, uh, to issue a statement. He has a, a, written, a pre-written statement in his hands that was clearly written by somebody like the city attorney, because he's up there conferencing with the city attorney and the city manager, the two head bureaucrats of the city, about what he should do. And so he pulls out this uh, pre-written document and begins reading it off, basically threatening everybody with, you know, with with alcoholic containers is is the accusation that was leveled against us. I follow. And so at that part, we uh, at that point, we spoke up and said, uh, are you talking to us? Because he didn't say specifically to whom he was uh, addressing. But that kind of started a little back and forth. And we weren't going to go anywhere. You know, look, this is a public meeting. Uh, we don't have to leave. So he sends the uh, the city's police chief over to threaten us. He attempts to search our bottles, which Fourth Amendment, right, to be free from unreasonable search and seizure. Do you have any evidence that this bottle contains beer? It says not a beer. What yeah. in the world are you doing <laughs> yeah. searching my bottle? That's it. He had no probable cause to do this. It's not as I mean, though we were staggering. And this just goes to show what this guy is willing to do if his betters tell him to. Right. Yeah, he, he's just following orders, just going around. Oh, they told me to. He so knows I'm better. Go violate people's rights. He knows rights. he can't just go search your search your container. Well, he can do it, and he he did try, but I refused to allow it. So this is one of the things the cops will will try to do. They'll try to do things they know they legally you know can't do just to force on you, but they'll ask you for you know. Can I? I'm going to have to ask you to let me search that. You know, they'll they'll say it in a way yes. that makes it sound like you have to comply. But he, you know, I know better. So I held on to my bottle as he literally attempted to reach and grab it from me. Uh. I held it and grabbed it, you know, held it close to my body. And I said, no, I'm not consenting to your search. And uh, so he violating then, kindergarten rules. I mean, everyone knows you don't just grab other people's stuff that's in their hand. Right. And so. He then threatened us and said, well, if you won't consent to a search, you're going to have to leave. And I said, well, no, I'm not going to leave either. This is a public meeting. It's and a public meeting. These people right that steal here. your money on a regular basis are getting together and say they want you to be involved until you drink water out of a brown bottle. Right. That's well, I mean, right. They're always. Thank you for bringing that up, Mark. They're always the people inside the system. They have this mantra of, well, you should get involved in the system. You need to use the system. And so here we are trying to use the system and they're trying to kick us out. So uh, so, no, I'm not going to leave either because I pay taxes in this town and I have a right to be here. So I'm just going to sit right here. Okay, you're under arrest. And so Ugh. we're arrested, charged with disorderly conduct, their old favorite catch-all, and disorderly conduct and contempt. I, I get hit with a contempt of court charge because I was out on bail at that time, and whenever you're out on bail, you get contempt of court. So over a year beyond this, you know, a jury trial was scheduled for right around now, actually. I would have gone to my first uh, hearing today, selecting a jury about a week from now, but they dropped the charges. Thank goodness. Yep. Well, how much money do you think you cost them in the meantime? I doubt I would have cost. I don't think I cost them any money because everybody's getting paid salaries. The so. clerks have to push things, push papers around and stuff. I mean, they sent me. I mean, they never even got to send me discovery, so they didn't really do any. Like the the county attorney didn't really do any work on this case besides try to drop the charges. Because I think when he looked at the video, I told him you need to look at this video. Because right. it's all caught on video. The, right. the city council meetings are all recorded. You know, these it's going to look real bad if I get to call the mayor up on the the stand and have him explain to me where did you get that statement that you read? 
who who wrote that statement? You know, just kind of go through the the motion. Why did you interrupt your own meeting and you know play videos of the the mayor uh, ignoring free staters and liberty activists and showing that he has a real bias against uh, liberty activists around here? Like when you tried to ask him a question uh, one time in the hallway, he didn't know who you were because you were brand That's new right. to town. He was at happy that point. to answer my question. Oh, you're new to Keene. Yep. What, what can I do for you? What did you oh, get through? Three words before I, he turned his back on I, you. I was wearing a hat that said Keene, and uh, he. I asked him how do you feel about people being arrested for wearing a hat? He turned right around, wouldn't answer any more questions, totally stepped rude, into the elevator, totally ignored cold. everything I said after that. Yeah, so I would have had him up on the stand. I would have got to, to cross-examine him, and I would have made them look. They would have looked really bad because they were trying to basically stop a silent protest. And clearly, the county attorney knew there was no case, so he dropped the charges. Yeah, well, he's acting like he was doing you a real favor on it, too. I hope you sue him. Well, everybody wants, you know, people are saying you should sue, but I just, and I wish we had more time to talk about that. Maybe we can do it another night, but it doesn't feel right to me to continue the cycle of violence. Uh-huh. Mm. Free Talk Live. I, I, what? You can check us out at freetalklive.com in the meantime. See you tomorrow. See you. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have with me Jim Babka of DownsizedDC.org. Jim, you there? Yes, I am, and I'm glad to be here. I was on uh, one of the original Edgington posts. Is that so? so? It's a thrill to come back. Are you a founding poster? <laughs> I, I am. I am. Well, I, you know, the, the Edgington Post, is a, it's a funny name. It gets, I get to take off of the uh, Huffington Post, which is a takeoff of the Washington Post, and it comes at the end of the show, so it really is post. Somehow or other, right now, it feels to me to be like it's the beginning of the show. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, you, we're recording this prior to the show, but it gets stuck on the end. <laughs> ah. But, you know, frankly, we have had a an increase in downloads on uh, Free Talk Live's uh, podcast. So we're getting, on average, somewhere around six or 7,000 downloads a day. I haven't wow. gone through and culled the information to see whether or not that's people downloading old shows, which I'm sure it is to some extent, and downloading new shows. But if we're consistent, or, whether or not it's it's Ian's mom like, right. just listening to the same shows over and over again, I'll bet it's not. The numbers, <laughs> I'd be willing to bet anything it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I suspect our parents both would uh, not be caught dead. Well, I'm sure they're still proud. <laughs> they're doing their best. At least you've moved out, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, the reason I have you on is something uh, unusual has happened with Downsize DC. It is a there's a, this Virginia, the state state of Virginia bringing suit against uh, Washington DC because of Obamacare. And you've written a brief on that. Well, we we actually had lawyers do that. Okay, and, uh, but it's called an Amicus Curiae brief, and it, that means friend of the court. You consider yourself a friend of the court. I don't really, you know, we try to be friendly, but, you know, okay. it's hard. It's they nice to it be friendly hard. to everybody you meet, right? Right, okay. right. And so so uh, in this particular instance, it is to uh, what's called a petition of cert, which is just a fancy way of saying that they want to be heard. Yes. So they're trying to get their case heard by the Supreme Court, and we wrote a brief saying, gee, we think it'd be really great if you did hear their case. And their case is a challenge to the Obamacare mandate. Uh, they passed something called the Virginia Health Care Freedom Act uh, for their citizens, saying that their citizens don't have to live under the mandate. North Dakota's done something similar. Ohio just did it a few weeks ago by ballot initiative. 
So this case has some national import, obviously, and, uh, you know, being that it's a part of this, this hot topic of the Obamacare mandate as well. So, I mean, everybody, what I'm hearing uh, from on television is a lot of the big government people saying essentially, ah, they've got no case. The government could do whatever the heck, the federal government could do whatever the heck it wants. But then I, I think about, you know, the constitutional mandates and essentially, you know, the idea that the federal government would take care of things foreign, essentially, and that, uh, you know, that states would take th- take care of things domestic and that, uh, you know, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments saying that anything that's not specifically mentioned here would essentially be referred back to the states. And it seems like the states have a real good case. Yeah, you know, part of this here is that the, the, there is this confusion uh, that's being planted on purpose by the people that have backed this law. Uh, they really do want to take a very significant step, but they want it to seem really insignificant. And so they keep comparing it to your driver's license and your insurance requirements. When you have a driver's license, if you drive in many states, you have to have uh, an insurance policy. Well, it's, it's, it's very different because... Driving is a voluntary act. You can choose not to drive. You can take the bus, the train. You can walk, ride your bicycle. Uh, you can do all kinds of things that don't require it. Second, uh, in, when, you're, when you're required to buy a license, those states are required to buy liability insurance covering injury to others, not yourself. You don't have to insure your own health when you go driving. You have to insure the health of the others in case, you know, as George Carlin put it, you change the shape of the big metal things. Right. And so... So it's a very, very different type of activity here that's being talked about, and it's a different level of regulation. As you just pointed out, Mark, in the case of these driver's, li- driver's laws where there's insurance required, it's at the state level, whereas this is a federal mandate and clearly outside the uh, Constitution. And so we came in and said uh, in support of Virginia that they have a Tenth Amendment right uh, to, to intervene on behalf of their citizens and say, no, this is not... Uh, that we don't have to participate in this mandate. It's beyond the scope of the federal government to insist upon it. Well, so um, you got any any predictions in this? <clears throat> no, not yet. Um, you know, it's very hard to predict. I, you know, I'm I'm uh, a cynic. I'm suspicious. I suspect that uh, the court is going to want to try to find a way not to handle this, and that's essentially what was done at the previous level, and why we felt an amicus was needed in this case. In the previous, in the Fourth Circuit. Uh, Liberty University came and brought a case, and they said, you know, we're going to be affected by this law in the following ways. And they said, well, you don't have standing yet because you're not actually under the law yet. The law doesn't really take effect until uh, 2013, so they kick you out. Right. And they, and, then, and they said, you can't challenge it as an individual anyway until you can demonstrate that your challenge is unique. Well, then they told the state of the Commonwealth of Virginia that, if, uh, that they couldn't challenge because theirs was a frivolous case. They were just trying to grandstand on behalf of their citizens. This was, you know, and, and they mean, meant this in a negative way, an attempt to, you know, use nullification for political gain. Uh, nullification, as far as they are concerned, don't exist. The Constitution is supreme, and therefore they are supreme. And so that's, you know, kind of how they read it. So, you know, they created what essentially was a catch-22 here that neither private individuals sure. nor states uh, could come and, and challenge the law. And we said, you've created this, this, and what you've done here is dangerous. First of all, you said, you've got to undo this knot, and you've got to hear this case. But even second... The reason anybody would even begin to start talking about state-level nullification, Mark, is because their other remedies have been exhausted. They attempted to be heard, and they were never heard. And so we basically said, if you tell these states to basically take your case and shove it, we're not going to hear your case, then what you're really doing is you're saying you're backing the state of uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia, the state of North Dakota, the state of Ohio. You're backing these states into a corner where if they're going to stand up in, in the way that they should – 
as Jefferson and Madison advocated for their citizens, they're going to have to resort to something drastic like nullification. So it's much better for, this, for the Supreme Court to take this case up and hear it and, 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 uh, and then consider it. And we believe, by the way, that this case will actually help the overall effort to defeat Obamacare. It's a very compelling argument if it actually is treated seriously. So, um, and the mandate, by the way, is the linchpin. I mean, if they can't yeah. have the mandate, the whole rest of the program falls apart. Yeah, the mandate really is uh, the linchpin on it. What um, if uh, you know? So, if the judges, what's your? I don't even pay attention to this uh, organization calling itself the Supreme Court. I'm, I know there's a lot of people that pay a close attention to it. What? Is uh, what's the likelihood? I mean, is it conservative leaning or is it liberal leaning? If it's conservative leaning, they'll likely want to get rid of Obamacare because it was brought in by a Democrat, but they won't want to get a, a, a care of the individual health care mandate or whatever that was brought in or Bush, whatever that was, the uh, uh, prescription health care, the prescription drug mandate or whatever it was. I don't know, but let me talk more specifically to a concern that I think is, is a concern on your part and to the whole audience, which is, you know, not taking the Supreme Court too seriously. I, I, I look back at what our founding fathers did, Mark, and how they dealt with the king. And, you know, at, at a certain point, it was the king that declared his colonists in a state of rebellion, not the other way around. And when they submitted the Olive Branch petition, he refused to read it. And after that, they wrote a declaration uh, before, before the Creator and before the rest of the nations of the world, the peoples of the world, making their case. They went to the distance so that they could demonstrate we've done everything we can to try to work with this situation and it's the king that refuses to work with us. And so I think we have to exhaust all the remedies that we have available to us, and I think that includes going to the Supreme Court. I'm a fervent believer in nullification, and I think we should. Once the Supreme Court ignores us, we should ignore them as well. Uh, but but, but let's, let's go through the process here and take these steps. I think it's important that we do. I see. And, and, and whether or not we succeed, it's important that we follow the steps and we, we come out blameless in the process. They can't point to us and say, oh, you guys just want to break up the union. You guys just want to cause all this trouble. You're, you know, you're about to undermine the government. No, no. It's more appropriate to say that you wanted to undermine the rule of law and you wouldn't give us a just and fair hearing. Well, you know, Jim, I, I sincerely hope that uh, this goes through. And if not, it does sound like it's something that had to be done along the way. Um, anything else about it that you uh, want to tell people about? And um, if not, let's talk about Downsize DC. Sure, sure. And, and by the way, this particular uh, uh, brief was filed. We have two organizations. We don't usually talk very much about the Downsize DC Foundation, but this was the Downsize DC Foundation, our educational arm, uh, that produced this, this work uh, with, along with several other organizations and we have a blog that we operate as well where we are trying to uh, get people, you know, help people understand the state in kind of a new way. We're trying to provide a new language for how to speak about it and understand it. And we're trying to, you know, give insight on how we strategically can go after it. And people can read about those things at DownsizeDCFoundation.org. What, um, how can people get, uh, get involved with uh, Downsize DC? Well, they can come to either DownsizeDCFoundation.org or just simply DownsizeDC.org, which is our, our, our other organization that we are usually out promoting. Uh, that's the one that uh, is interacting with Congress, attempting to educate the powerful uh, and, and keeping people alert as to what, the, what Congress is up to. And at DownsizeDC.org, we have what we call the Educate the Powerful system. They can, people can put, type in their contact info, and the system tells them who their representative and senators are and allows them to send a personalized message uh, to, to the representative and senators, delivered in such a way that that office knows that it's hearing from a constituent, so it is read, it is counted, um, and often responded to. 
And uh, moreover, all it's, you're being joined with hundreds, if not thousands, of other people, depending on the day and the issue, uh, in, in stating your concerns to that office. So it gives your voice additional impact. And when you do that, or if you go to downsizedcfoundation.org or downsizedc.org, or you simply sign up for the email list, either way, you get on our Downsizer Dispatch newsletter, uh, which is uh, very highly regarded. I got a very nice compliment, again, from somebody today who analyzes lots of different groups, and he said, you guys really put the uh, information in basic language that everybody can understand, and we keep people up to date on what's happening. We put information out, even like about this brief uh, earlier this week, which prompted us to have this conversation now. So that's downsizedc.org would probably be the best place for them to go and start. I uh, use the service as well as uh, promote it here, and I can tell you they really do, um, the the Congress critters really do react to you as if you're sending something directly through their system. I mean, your system interfaces with their on-website web form thing, and, um, you know, so they're getting, it's not just a spam email, it's, uh, you know, working through their system, and they, you know, they 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 look at it as a as an interaction i mean to the point right, that they're exactly sending right. me emails uh, telling me all the great things that they're doing and um you know the letters uh, encouraging me to uh, be involved or whatever and <laughs> i obviously don't pay much attention to that but i'm just saying that it it does verify that they really do yeah there's no requirement on you for you to read the letters they send back to you right. uh, they're usually not that worth reading anyway but uh, but they do read the letters that you send them. Someone in that office is handling that letter and responding to it, and it's being put in the official account. I mean, they're paying attention to what's good, what the temperature is in their district. And uh, but even more important, I mean, again, I want to speak directly to the type of people uh, to the to the folks that listen to your show. I look at this as a way of withdrawing consent. I don't believe that the letters that I'm sending are so eloquent, so powerful, that they're just going to go, oh, my gosh, we've been wrong all of these years. We've been acting immorally. We, we must reform our ways, and Jim Babka's letter has instructed us how to do it. Uh, I don't believe that's how it works. I believe, though, that we can withdraw consent. These are politicians are needy people pleasers who very badly want to be liked. They want to get reelected. They don't want negative opinion building in the district against them. And so they're prone to, they're prone to, to do better when they are hearing from their constituents and when we are giving them uh, the appropriate feedback. And sometimes, oftentimes, that feedback needs to be negative. So they can do that at DownsizedDC.org. You know, um, one could look at voting and see it as a, a, a statistically insignificant act. And in some cases, it's really, really the, the case. I mean, there is, is closer you get to local, the less often that's the case. But you know, when you send a letter to your Congress critter, that's to them is even more important than a vote, I think, because they're constantly taking the temperature out there. And, you know, that that it, that, that makes it more important. They're getting they get fewer letters, I would suspect, than they do votes. Yeah, your, your concentrated uh, effort there on a letter is definitely higher. You've definitely separated yourself out from the pack of the general election. Uh, and the general election has other problems to it, too. It only happens every couple of years, whereas, you know, we send out these messages three to five times a week. You know, you can be giving your congressmen and their working orders a couple, three times a week. You know, it's so you have that kind of power. And when you send the letter, it is specifically about the issue that you care about, and you're able to express your concerns. Whereas when they get elected, you know, they're kind of interpreting that as a mandate of love for them and their entire agenda. Sure. And so, you, you know, if you cast a vote for or against them, you know, they're not really sure why you did that or what motivated you. But on every individual letter, it's very clear. So I, I think that it is powerful in, in those ways. Yeah, you know, folks, uh, as you said, you're you're talking to um, our listeners, and some of our listeners are uh, for the political process, and some say have withdrawn their consent completely from it. And you know, I think people's 
you know, whatever their reasons are, or what they are. But, um, you know, what seems clear to me is that the political is that uh, the government is an agency of force. Force isn't always bad. Sometimes, rarely, the government can be used to do something that um, to, to withdraw its uh, tentacles from a particular area. And, well, that's fine by me. I don't think that that's an initiation of force on your neighbor. No, in fact, you know, it's interesting. I, I borrow from uh, guys like Herbert Spencer and Lysander Spooner, who actually argued that voting can't be a form of self-defense. I think it's immoral to vote for the personally, to vote for the lesser of two evils. I tend not to vote in most, elect, most uh, human races where you've got one candidate A versus candidate B, uh, because I don't know either one of them, and I suspect that both of them are bad. But if I'm, it's clear to me that somebody's on the ballot who is going to do, the, who is going to do more of the right thing uh, is going to move things in a direction that's downsized. As a matter of self-defense, then I, I'm, you know, I may be interested in casting a vote. I vote in ballot initiatives as well because on those things, it's clear I'm voting on one issue. I'm not giving my away my right to be represented to somebody who's going to use it in bad fashion. It's one vote on one issue. So I think voting can be legitimate, and I view it as a form of self, a legitimate form. One of the few that we've got available to us of self-defense. It might not be that significant. But it's still a tool that's available to me, and it's something I can conveniently do. Yeah, I think that people that go in that just uh, vote uh, vote down the line R or D, and then pick um, after that pick the names that sound good to them. You know, are dum dums. I mean, they're they're not they're not thinking about the process very well. But harmful dum dums. What's that? Harmful dum dums. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not they're, they're not doing uh, much good for for themselves or you or me or anybody. But mm-hmm. if you're attempting to vote against evil which is a larger more intrusive candidate than a uh, than than a one that's less intru- wants less intrusion into your life and less government then as far as i'm concerning you're voting against evil even if you're voting for the lesser of two evils yeah i, I and i understand where you're coming from there too and i think there is room for a continuum of thought on this but i, I for me personally my moral stand i can't do it i i've got to, if i'm voting if i do actually vote for or support a particular candidate i have to believe that what they're going to do is is try to step in and mitigate and, and mitigate and reduce sure. the actual damage that's going on. I I believe the state is like cancer. I believe it's a deadly, deadly disease. It, it, it might be the deadliest disease we have on this planet. And so anybody that's going to come in and kind of start to you know be like do the work of a surgeon and cut some portions of it out, well you know I want to give that I want to give that person support. And so you know for me personally, I can't speak for Downsize DC. You know I'm I'm interested in Ron Paul's candidacy and I want to see it advance. Uh, you know, I, there's some people that are going to be running for Congress this year that have already contacted me. I'm interested in seeing them be successful. Um, but I'm not investing all my effort in it. Most of my effort is invested in trying to do things to educate other people and, and to try to make sure that Congress is very uncomfortable. Yep. Well, thanks. I appreciate the time, uh, Jim. It's uh, downsizedc.org. Go over there and sign up like I have. Another great edition of the Educant Post. <laughs> thanks. Bye. Bye. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. 